Hey, what's going on folks? So Ilhan Omar took a shot at JFK Jr. today and said that this man's campaign consists of xenophobia, xenophobia, <laughs> we'll explain what that is later, and anti-Semitic conspiracy theories funded by Republicans masqueraded as being anti-establishment. There's actually nothing more establishment than fear-mongering around minority groups. She said this because it came out that a lot of RFK Jr.'s donors are Republicans. I brought on Clint from Liberty Lockdown to laugh at Ilhan Omar calling RFK a xenophobic anti-Semite, essentially, over his donation. We'll talk about other stuff later in this episode and have fun. I hope you stay tuned. Dream Rare Podcast starts now. It's the Dream Rare Podcast. Welcome to the show. The way to get the news at the desk or on the road. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's episode of the Dream Rare Podcast. We have a special guest, Clint from Liberty Lockdown, to join. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Anomaly. I love your audience. Happy to be back. Yeah, they like you. Sometimes they like you more than they like me, it seems like, which is kind of <laughs> messed up because I'm here every day, but no, I appreciate you. So we'll hop into the story real quick. We have a few things we want to talk about, but the first one is, you know, obviously Ilhan Omar always gets called anti-Semitic, um, I guess because maybe she's against Palestine. Sometimes she says it's all about the Benjamins which is true, but we'll pretend like it's not or whatever. And then, uh, you know, just like her opposition to Israel, I think constantly gets called her an anti-Semite. So, so you would think that she wouldn't just loosely throw that word around at others since it always lands on her. But that's not the case. Ilhan Omar saw a uh, donor chart and it said that RFK got more donors from GOP than, she, than he did from the Democrats. And here's what she said. I want to get your reaction. Ilhan Omar tweeted out about RFK Jr., super nice guy. She said, this man's campaign, quotes, consists of xenophobia, xenophobia with an S, which I had to look up. That means you're against Chinese people. I didn't even know. Xenophobia. That's crazy. Uh, and anti-Semitic conspiracy theories funded by Republicans masqueraded as being anti-establishment. There's actually nothing more establishment than fear mongering around minority groups. So uh, what do you think about xenophobia, xenophobia, and RFK's anti-Semitic conspiracy theories? I mean, it's it's all nonsensical. Like what the guy was talking about was medical studies that that showed that it looked as if there were certain ethnicity groups that were less prone to bad outcomes from, from COVID. Um, I don't know if that's accurate or not, but it's like what he was talking about was in no way anti-Semitic. And as you pointed out, she is constantly accused of being anti-Semitic because she supports Palestine or Palestine over Israel and their conflict, um, which I lean that direction personally myself. So it's just hysterical that she would be throwing that that term around, especially when it's completely uncalled for. But it's kind of predictable. When it comes to Israel and Palestine, I sit on the wall, not the fence, because there's a wall there. <laughs> I sit on the wall and I try to play both sides, but the Palestinians are always throwing rocks at me and the Israel and the Israelis. There's missiles and rocks coming at me all sides. Exactly. So I'm, I'm trying to create peace there, but you know, they're both yelling at me to pick a side. So I'm not even sure. But so I'm, I wanna... I'm not really sure either, but I lean towards Palestine. All right. Well, that sounds anti-Semitic. No, I'm just kidding. But uh I'm gonna read lean the... that way, yeah. Uh, no, you're good. Um, I'm just kidding. The donor list. So the, the one she was talking about, it said that he got 38.5% of his donors from GOP, 31.3% uh, no history of donations, Democratic donors, almost 20%, both parties, 8% and alternative 
uh, 2.1. So although she's acting like it's this massive, I would have thought he got more Republican donations than that. But between the no history and the Democrat and the both parties, it's almost like three three quarters of the list. So um, that's all it took for her to start winging. And then anti-China is pretty insane. I don't, I listen to him talk about China and it's like super thoughtful. You know, you might not like RFK or people in the audience, I would say might not like him, but he's not a nasty person at all. He's like, I, no. you know, China's cool, but like we got to compete with the government. And she's like, oh, what do you, you hate everyone there? <laughs> I mean, I, I actually like RFK a lot. Um, you know, I'm I'm not at all sold on him being the real deal. I think that there's a good chance that he's a, you know, wolf in sheep's clothing. But at the same time, rhetorically, the way he speaks is extremely appealing to someone like me who is so turned off by the average, demo, you know, the modern Democrat Party. Um, he comes across, even though he's painted as being this lunatic fringe conspiracy theorist radical, right. he's speaking my language when he's when he talks that shit. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I like I like all of the things that they call him crazy for. Um, so you know, I it, it doesn't surprise me at all that he's receiving um, lots of campaign contributions from people like me that want to see the Democrat candidate be someone who's not totally. Uh, insane and, and hating of America. So that that's probably why he's getting all those funds. Right. Um, I'm having Dr. Sheba on tomorrow. So for those who, who are excited about that, you know, Dr. Sheba really doesn't like RFK Jr. Mm -hmm. And I'm not 100% sure why, but I'm gonna, I'm excited to ask him tomorrow. An another thing is too, with that, that study, like you said, whether it's true or not, like I have no idea. I haven't crunched all the numbers. And to be fair, I don't trust the data, the COVID-19 data in the first place based on how they're counting cases, the testing, all that stuff. But RFK was referencing something that said that different groups were affected differently. Um, you know, he, it wasn't a hateful thing in any any shape of the word, but obviously they're going to whip that terminology out anytime as, as a weapon to basically silence dissent against anything. When you stack the terms like that, you just go xenophobic, xenophobic, which is a one I've never seen. It's a capital S, xenophobic, which means you hate these people and then an anti-semitic conspiracy there's i wonder how big of an audience actually buys that like now if if you were to say to me like six years ago like anomaly dude this one guy was like really racist to me today i would i would have believed you and been like oh what happened but like now if you're like he's an anti-semitic xenophobic xenophobic yeah. conspiracy, i'm like oh he must have said something that true <laughs> you know we're like <laughs> <laughs> Dude, facts. I, I'm the same way, man. It, those words have have lost all meaning. You know, I've been written up by the uh, Southern Poverty Law Center. Uh, like, I am I'm a hardcore libertarian. Love everybody. Uh, not there isn't a racist bone in my body. So it, it's hilarious. It, you know, once it happens to you, you really get to the point of like, oh, this label means nothing. So, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's it. The only thing that it signals to me is that that study that he was referencing. I really need to look into further. Like it, it makes me think maybe there's something to this. I don't know. Yeah. One thing that I've discovered, um, you know, Jared Kushner worked heavily in Trump's administration. Actually, I'm going to make a video on it later this week, hopefully. But um, Trump actually gave out presidential like awards at like the second to last day of his office. And he gave it out for Operation Warp Speed. He gave one to Fauci. He gave one to General Milley and he gave one to Jared Kushner and Crazy. Kushner one thing that he did that people were super excited about was this uh, Israeli UAE peace deal, like this Middle Eastern Abraham Accords. And it seemed on the paper like, wow, you're getting these two countries to stop fighting. It's a beautiful thing, right? We all want to stop war. 
But when I look closer into it, it only took less than a year for the Abraham Accords to turn into a vaccine passport. So the exact uh, two shit. countries that from Israel to this Arab nation that they struck a peace deal with, then they tweeted that now there's a bilateral bilateral agreement that you could travel from the UAE to Israel or Israel to the UAE as long as you had a vaccine. So no that way. really makes you wonder, was it truly a peace deal or was it always a jump off vaccine passport? And obviously, I, I know my audience knows this. I'm not saying this with any hate in my heart, but pointing out stuff like that or studies or anything, you know, can use they could use the word anti-Semitic just because it involves Israel. Right. I mean, that that's what's so exhausting about it is that like. I'm just trying to get to the truth here. Like it has nothing. There's no hate <laughs> towards anybody. Like I just want to know who screwed me over in 2020. Like if that makes if that if you want to put a label on me for that, that just tells me that you don't want me digging. And I'm gonna dig even harder when you do that. So it doesn't surprise me. Um, and it also doesn't surprise me that the Abraham Accords might have led to some some other chicanery. Um, but I had I had no idea about that. And what's really wild is that you said you know I, it's it's galling enough that Trump would have given an award to Fauci. But to give it to Mark Milley, Mark Milley, who who lied about everything, he also lied about, um, you know, it allegedly had a backdoor to the the head of the or the defense chief in China um, was trying to like paint Trump as wanting to go to war with Iran. But Trump, according to Trump, it was actually the inverse where where Milley had had presented plans uh, for the U.S. to invade Iran. And then he turned around and blamed it on Trump. So. It's just crazy. Like Trump's inability to identify the enemies in his own midst is like, it's uncanny. It's second to none. I have the list here. I'll just read it for people. So it's called the President Trump's Awards, the Presidential Accommodations to Operation Warp Speed Team. It was on January 19th. And the crazy part about this, too, is this was after January 6th when he pardoned. His pardon list was total garbage. It's like the last thing he does on office is gives an it says today, President Donald J. Trump awarded presidential commendations to the below individuals in recognition of their exceptional efforts on Operation Warp Speed. General Mark Milley, who everybody knows is like one of the you know, snake generals that Trump hired. Secretary Alex Azar, who is the head of HHS. He was a pharmacy executive before that. Uh, Jared <laughs> Kushner. Dr. Monkeef Slawi, who was the big pharma guy at the head of Operation Warp Speed. General Gustav Perna. De Dr. Deborah Burks, a.k.a. Scarf Lady. Dr. Anthony Fauci, a.k.a. I don't know what I could call him. They'll say it's hate speech. Yeah, I was, I was going to say I was going to say rat boy, but I was like, are they going to say that's hate speech? I guess I not because he, he's a, I think he's Italian. So I don't think Italians care. You know, you can call an Italian anything and they'll just get mad. They won't. Yeah, that's true. You know, my I, my grandfather is Italian. And uh, he told me that when he was getting married to my grandma, that they didn't want him to marry because he was Italian. You know what I'm saying? Like the oh, ultimate yeah, yeah. form of racism like don't marry that but he never once complained or cried like i didn't even know what the word racism was but uh yeah long story short yeah he gave an award to general milley which is kind of weird because what i guess that's the military was involved with operation warp speed which is frightening also it's like big pharma and the military will provide you with quick vaccines it's like that sounds terrible but yeah it is Dar <laughs> i mean darpa was involved in the early days, there was a bunch of uh, funding contracts that were ran through NIH and actually turned down by DARPA, <laughs> which is crazy. And then Fauci, Fauci circumvents DARPA by going through EcoHealth Alliance. Uh, and it's just like, it's just unbelievable all the fuckery that, that happened that year. But what's wild to me 
is that after January 6th, Trump's like, all right, we got Edward Snowden. We got Julian Assange. We got Ross Albrecht. F all y'all. I'm going to give awards to these comebacks that ruined my presidency. Like, what are you doing, man? Crazy. People like it. People will put up with this. I feel like it'll (laughs) keep going. Uh, Before we move on to the next story, I want to say this, uh, because the next story is kind of intertwined. You know, Ilhan Omar, she's a lot of things. I mean, I personally, I think she's like dumb. I got to watch calling people dumb because I I don't know. I thought it was like a funny diss, also a true description. But I called, I said, I thought Joy Reid was dumb. And like so many people got mad at me. Like Ari the Rugged Man was like, dude, you took the thing out of context. I'm like, dude, I think she's dumb. My bad. I like, I don't. Do I, do I have to pretend like she's a genius or something? Dude, but long for sure. <laughs> she's like in the dictionary. <laughs> There's a picture of Joy Reid. What are they talking about? You're not allowed to say that? That's crazy. Well, they thought I took the video out of context because I didn't play the oh, full video. And I'm like, bro, okay. I'm not going to play a four-minute video. Like, I'm going to yeah, get a copyright yeah. strike. But anyway, you know, Ilhan Omar's a lot of things. I think she's dumb. I disagree with like 98% of her policy. But even when they called her anti-Semitic, when she said it was all about the Benjamins and they're paying Americans, it's like, that's actually true. You know, some of her other stuff she says, I don't think it's true. But that yeah. they called that anti-Semitic. And even though I think she's disgusting intellectually, I'll say, you know, physically, you know, she's not she's, she's, she's a, you know, God, God bless her in some ways. But anyway, it's not <laughs> about that. We got to be respectful, Um, you know. I, I, I always stand up for people, even if I despise them, if I believe it's the right thing to do, because I know if they use that term against her falsely, even though you could say she is one on a different topic, they'll use it against you. So I find it just funny that she's known as the most anti-Semitic person in Congress by the right wing and some of the left wing, to be honest. Yep. Yet she still uses that term against RFK Jr. You look at Republicans like Ted Cruz and these losers, and they're always calling everyone anti-Semitic to show what a good person they are. But then they get called anti-Semitic when they mention like Mike Bloomberg owns the news. And I always laugh uh, when they get called it because I'm like, don't you get how it works? You want to be careful with your words. If you're going to accuse somebody of hating an entire race or an entire country, you better be accurate. Because if you're not, you know, what comes around goes around. And I I just think of all people, Ilhan Omar is known as like the number one anti-Semite. So the fact that she's willing to call RFK that over the fact that he's getting GOP donors and he referenced a study that she's probably too dumb to understand is just wild, but it doesn't surprise me. Politicians suck. Yeah. Well, I mean, respect to you for, for, cause I actually remember that I, I saw you uh, defending her publicly about the, all about the Benjamins line that she used. And it's like, she's right. And there's, there's nothing anti-Semitic about what she said. So, you know, I'm, I'm also the type of person that would defend someone in that circumstance, but I will say this, given what she's done now, you know, besmirching his good name. This dude is clearly not anti-Semitic. For her to do that to him, you're on your own now, Il- Ilhan. <laughs> right. I, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna cover for you when you get called it unnecessarily, um, hey. because that's that's how it works. Pun intended. He's not gonna cover for you. You know, what I'm saying that's a hijab joke for all my Muslims out there. <laughs> Shout out. I got I got jokes today. But uh, <laughs> someone in the chat called us a gringo. That sounds very anti-white. Um, you should it go does. to a you should go to a white museum that has Jesus, John Stockton. I'm trying to think of other white people that are. Well, I guess Jesus was technically Jewish, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> re- repent for your for your hate speech. Anyway, second story I want to talk about real quick. It kind of intertwines because I guess today was just a day where the GOP was just like going wild over Israel. 
I want to read you a tweet because Steve Scalise, who is like the GOP whip or whatever his title is, he came out and basically says that Congress or the House is going to pass some sort of resolution to say that Israel's not a racist state. And I just think it's funny that like Congress is like, Israel's not racist. We just got to remind you. And it's like, okay, I'll read it real quick and then I want to get your reaction. So here it is. I put it on the screen. Steve Scalise tweeted today, breaking tomorrow, the House will vote on Rep Pfluger's, however you say his name, resolution that definitively states Israel is not a racist state and the U.S. will always support Israel. <laughs> it should be an easy vote. Will the Dems stand with our ally or capitulate to the anti-Semitic radicals in their party? I mean, not only does he say like, hey, we're, we need to pass a resolution that Israel's not a racist state, but he's saying like always will support Israel. Listen, I love my Australian brothers and sisters. I love Canada. I like everybody. I think there's good people everywhere. I don't know that the Congress should ever pass a bill to be like, we're always going to support a foreign country forever. And it's like, what? <laughs> Dude, that I mean, that's just a great microcosm of our current political climate. Like there is there is for real allegiance to two nations from the vast majority of people in, in politics broadly, but specifically the GOP, man. And I don't know if you saw it, but uh, Byron Donald, who I like, he's yeah. a congressman from Florida. He just goes out of nowhere for no reason at all. Tweets in all caps, I stand with Israel uh, yesterday yeah. or, or this morning. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I, like I, <laughs> do you do you I mean, this dude serves in Florida. Yeah. What do you have to say about a nation 6000 miles away that you would just out of the blue say that? And then to say, <laughs> oh, they could never be racist and we will always stand with them. All right, well what if what if they invade every nation around them? What if they just all of a sudden become militaristic? Do we still stand with them? Well, according right. to your declaration, yes we do. <laughs> what if they start to put other races in camps? Oh, well actually, no one else is allowed to live there practically. They're basically an ethno state and you're going to say an ethno state is not racist? Get the out of well, here, man. Crazy. Well, here here's the thing too is like, yeah, I hear you. I mean, I would say with Byron Donald, you know, he's a he's a bright young guy, but he knows who butters his bread. You know, For he knows real. he knows how to get a, a seat at the Mar-a-Lago. He it's wants to all keep about the Benjamins, good. baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny because it's like, you know, it, like the funniest part about it to me is like I have friends that love Israel. I have friends that are critical of their foreign policy. It that You know what people think of that country doesn't make or break my relationship with them. But like just to be like they're not racist i'm just they're not racist and you're like okay that's fine no no but we're gonna <laughs> sign a resolution that they're not racist and you're like okay and but we're also gonna support them forever <laughs> no matter what and it's like that's a little weird dude like i <laughs> yeah. i dude i won't even support my own political party I, like imagine if i signed a bill know. that said i'm always gonna support the republican party like absolutely not they need to earn my vote i'm yeah. not gonna support anyone forever like you know, that that becomes almost like a religion. It's like a God where it's like, you know, it, you cannot do uh, the opposite. So I think Byron Donald, like you you don't make it to the top of the GOP if you don't do that. And the only one who's ever stayed constitutional with it is Thomas Massey. And you saw a couple of weeks ago, like D.C. Drano is trying to like throw him out of the party. What, what, I forget what he did because he said no to the censure of Adam Schiff because he didn't like the right. fine in it. You know, yeah. total understandable like stance. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, because Massey knew it was unconstitutional. He's like, if we if we pass it this way, 
it'll get overturned. And he's like, I want to punish Schiff, but it has to be constitutional. I was like, okay, a totally reasonable stance, something that the GOP is not uh, accustomed to. Um, but yeah, man, I, look, I, it just it just rubs me so the wrong. It's it's above a marital vow because a marital vow you could at least have a divorce. They're they're just saying no forevermore. We shall support not just support verbally. We will also declare their character just infallible, and right. and we will send them billions of dollars annually. It's like, who do you serve, man? Who do you serve? It's clearly not the American people. You gotta you better drop that MAGA. You better drop that America first you know, tag from your, from your campaign speeches. Cause you, you ain't for real about it. That's for sure. I'm going to find the video. Of, uh, I could upload it while, while we're talking, but there's a video of Nancy Pelosi saying that if, if America's capital crumbles to the ground, that we'll still be giving aid to Israel. You know, <laughs> she said that. Yeah. I'll, I'll get the video of it in a second. And it's one of those things like with, I don't want to get too off topic, but like say with like Trump with the vaccine, like if Trump just said like, Hey, I did the vaccine thing. Like I'm that guy. I did what I had to do and like moved on. You wouldn't hear me talk about it ever, but he'll be like, it saved like 10 million lives. And I'm like, right. I don't think so. And then he'll be like, it saved like 50 million lives. I'm like, I don't think he'll be like, it saved a hundred million lives. And it's like, bro, <laughs> no one believes that, but no one wants to like stop slurping down Mar-a-Lago steaks and hanging out at TPUSA. So they, so they have to pretend like they like that, where it's one of those things with like, if, if someone just said, Hey, we need to support our allies in Israel. And you're like, I get it. Yeah, for sure. You know, that's a normal stance. But then it's like, we have to support them forever. And, and they're not racist. And you're like, uh, and then it's like, if our capital literally crumbled, we still need to give them money. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> and then they freak out at you. And, you know, we'll, we'll say that you're like, it's hate speech to, to, to think that. Yeah. And in truth, what America first amounts to is Israel first, corporations second, Americans maybe third. <laughs> probably their right. own self-interest third and then the americans fourth it's uh it's a terrible hierarchy i found the video i'm gonna upload it right now and uh yeah i mean i it's not even a hateful thing it's like i'm from italy and you know I, my family's from poland i'm not from italy but my family is it's like you know it is what it is it's a different country and if you live in america you should uh you're allowed to like your country first, just like they're allowed to support them first. Here's the video real quick. I got to play it. So this is Nancy Pelosi literally saying, listen in, if our capital crumbled <laughs> to the ground, we would still be giving money to Israel. It's like, can you, can you at least hide it a little bit? I have said to people when they ask me, if this capital crumbled to the ground, the one thing that would remain is our commitment to our aid, and I don't even call it aid, our cooperation with Israel. That's fundamental to who we... That, that is, that's, that's a crazy clip. I can't believe I've never seen that. I've shared it on Twitter multiple times, but you know, people, let's just call it the Byron Donald right now. They know how, they know how to keep their spot in the Republican Party, and the way to do it is not to share that clip. If you share that clip, donors are getting mad. You're going to end up in the papers, you know, so you, you can't do that. But I, I just did it. So um, here, <laughs> here's the clip of DeSantis. And this one's interesting because I'm going to be honest. I don't know the full extent of the law that he's talking about. And I'm going to read about it a little bit. So they passed anti-BDS laws in, in Florida. These are laws that they're passing all over the country. Trump signed an executive order on college campuses for it. And basically BDS, for those who don't know, it's boycott, divestment and sanctions to Israel. So in America, they're basically making it illegal to boycott Israel. You could boycott 
LGBT. You could boycott Republicans. You could boycott the United States of America. You could literally boycott USA products, but you can't boycott them. So here's DeSantis uh, explaining how he's going to go after a company called Morningstar because they are unfairly boycotting Israel. And I'm going to not be biased about it. I'm going to read exactly how they are, because to be honest, I don't even know what I think about it yet. So here's the video. One of the things that they're doing, though, is they're specifically targeting Israel. And so we made changes to our law to recognize that. And so today I'm happy to make and this law just took effect at the beginning of July. I'm happy to announce for everybody that Florida has formally instituted an investigation against Morningstar for violations of our anti-BDS law. We're not letting them target Israel and get away with it. We're using our tools to fight back. So that, that yeah, DeSantis is using government power to go after a company boycotting Israel. And I'm just going to read about it real quick and then we'll get your response. So FDD, I forget the exact name, but I just found a website that was explaining how and what's going on. So here, I'm just going to go through it real quick. It says, uh, last week reported by Sustain Analytics, the Environmental Social Governance ESG ratings arm of Morningstar Incorporated imposed a negative controversy rating on 26 companies doing business in Israel-controlled territory. This blacklisting of companies they, that operates in parts of Jerusalem, the West Bank, Golan Heights may violate several U.S. state laws related to boycotts of Israel-based companies. Much like the blacklist of companies published by the United Nations Human Rights Council 2020, Morningstar's ratings use anti-Israel assumptions and sources to convince investors that Israel-connected companies are at risk of violating international human rights standards simply because of where they operate. Thus, wow. the Morningstar blacklist includes telecommunications and financial services service firms that provide the same services in the West Bank that they do elsewhere. To justify this approach, Morningstar Sustainalytics relies heavily on sources that promote the boycott, divestment, sanctions campaign against Israel. In response to such anti-Israel activism, more than 30 U.S. states have adopted laws and executive orders intended to deter companies from engaging in boycotting, divestment, and sanctioning activities targeting the Jewish state. Some states prohibit contracting with companies that boycott Israel, while others mandate divestment of state funds, including pension funds, investments from such companies. Several states enforce these laws after Unilever subsidiary Ben & Jerry's announced the boycott of Israel, which, by the way, is hilarious because they're Jewish themselves. So, I mean, I don't right. I, I mean, maybe they're self-hating. They seem a little too left wing for me and they, they're pretty lame. You know, the, the, it's really good ice cream, but they seem like losers, Ben & Jerry. No offense. <laughs> Actually, offense. I do think you're losers. Yeah. But anyway, let me read the rest of it and then I'll get your response. In that case, Ben & Jerry's refused to renew an Israeli license. Uh, punishing the Isra Israeli company for selling ice creams and parts of Jerusalem and rest bank. It's like, yeah, they really need your Ben and Jerry's. But uh, similarly, Morningstar punishes companies that operate in these same areas using its own unique economic leverage, controversy ratings designed to influence investment decisions. According to JNS, Morningstar Sustainalytics Blacklist includes every Israeli bank and cell phone company in addition to defense contractor Elbit Systems, which also appears on their watch list for selling israel counterterrorism technology so yep. what do you what do you think about desantis mm -hmm. stepping in to basically investigate a company that's boycotting israel well i'm actually a little bit i'm a little bit torn on this because i don't support esg and and what you're describing is esg what morningstar is doing is using a a rating system that mm. uses as part of its metrics that they just say the state of israel and any business is doing business in the state of israel 
uh, are bad because of where they're located. Right. <clears throat> I'm of the opinion that ESG is is the bane of our existence. It's absolutely terrible. So I right. can't support it in that regard. At the same time, I I don't really support a governor intervening in this way. So I'm kind of on the fence with it, but I think it's quite clear why he's doing it. I mean, De- DeSantis is plummeting in the polls. He he needs his donors to support him. And clearly that's where some of his funding is coming from. It is interesting, like the dynamic of, you know, just to get a little racial uh, now, but jokes aside, like, mo- you know, I would say uh, factually, um, I'm trying to think statistically is what I was looking for. Most Jews in America vote Democrat. Not all of them, but I think it's like over 70%. Yeah, Ben and Jerry are Jewish and they're boycotting Israel, which is just like, I guess a choice there. But, I, you know, it's like, it's just kind of wild that they're under so much smoke, even though like, oh, you hate Jewish people. And they're like, no, we're Jewish. We just love Bernie Sanders. And you're like, okay. And then you have a lot of these, like, you know, the people that are voting for this party, it seems like they're the ones that boycott Israel more. I mean, I don't I don't want to say no right wingers will, but it does seem like more like le- like you said, like the, the line between the BDS and the ESG. It's it's it seems like they're doing it because of a human rights violation. And it's just fascinating. I don't. Yeah, I don't really know. Yeah. See, I, I don't I don't really think? support. I don't support sanctions either. I think that sanctions are an act of war. It usually punishes the poorest amongst us. It leads to towards hot conflict and war. Uh, it also, you know, greatly damages the the quality of life of the poor people that live in those countries, and it's not really their fault ninety nine percent of the time. So, um, I don't support any of that. So, it it's it's a weird conflict of of different topics that I I can't really come down with a firm position other than it's clear that it's political pandering. So I can't respect that. Um, but I also don't support ESG, and and I, like you said, I think BDS is basically a, a variant of that. So, I don't know. It's a tough one for me. What do you think as a libertarian? What do you think about like the free market? Do you think, say you think China, I'm just going to use them for an example. Like say you think they're so bad, like you actually think their human rights are so bad. Do you still think that people should do trade with every country just to be a true free libertarian market? Or do you think like people have the right to say no? Oh, no, I think people absolutely have the right. And and I, I would recommend private business owners to make whatever decision they feel morally comfortable with. The, the issue is when it becomes a federal mandate or dictate where you say, OK, China's you know treatment of the Uyghurs, for instance, that, that's so egregious that we've decided we're going to sanction and prevent all U.S. businesses from doing any trade with the CCP or China more broadly. I think that that would be extraordinarily detrimental to the global economy. It would be extraordinary, extraordinarily detrimental to the American and the Chinese people. Um, and ultimately, it, it only punishes the, the poorest amongst us, and it would probably lead towards a war. And World War Three, so right. no, thank you. Um, but I, I, of course, a business has the right to opt not to get. Like I would, I would encourage American businesses not to get their minerals from you know uh, child labor mines. Like I, I think that that's a good moral stance to take. I just don't want the federal government saying so. Right, and I think uh, I agree that I, I, I wouldn't have the government step in and do it. Uh, At the same time, if people want to do that, I don't think you should force their hand. Um, What do you think about tariffs? Because I saw, you know, I I like D.C. Drano as a person, but I think we disagree on a lot over the last couple of months. But I saw him basically accusing 
uh, Massey of being like a Chinese plant or something, even though Massey's the best person in Congress. I hated that. I'm not gonna lie. But, uh, you know, I think he was like, look, he, he was against the tariffs. And isn't it true that most uh, libertarians are against tariffs, not because they support yeah. China, but because it's really just a tax on the American, the American? Yeah. Well, I mean, tariffs, tariffs are a tax both ways. It's also a tax on the Chinese and, and it hurts them, but it also hurts us. So it's, it's, a purely principled stance that Massey's taking. Um, I think that if if it was any nation in history, Massey would have the same opinion. He would vote no against tariffs. So it's it to, for for DC Drano to try and uh, you know drag him for that is just absurd. Yeah. Hopefully Massey comes on the show. He finally hit me back. He's been like responding Heck to yeah, my tweets a lot. I, I'm I want him on like more than anybody. He's one of the like five people I actually like in Congress. With that being said, we might as well go yeah. here while we're here. And, you know, I don't know enough to push back and I'm not sitting on the fence. Like I was joking, sitting on the wall, getting hit by rocks by Palestinians. That was a joke, a funny one, by the way. But, um, you know, I don't know that much because I've never been there. I've never been to Israel. I've never been to Palestine. I've seen things online. I obviously know the history of it. I know that Palestine wants certain things. Israel wants certain things. It's one of these conflicts that I feel like, you know, personally, it's like Yemen versus like Saudi Arabia. I have a gist of what's going on, but you know, there's so many conflicts in the world. I don't feel that inspired to like take a massive stance on it with Israel and Palestine. This is my understanding. And I want to know what you think, because you seem to have, have a bigger opinion that Israel feels like Palestine's trying to kill them, or that's what they're saying. And a lot of people who support Israel say, well, Israel has the right to exist. And people often say anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism because that's the Jewish state. If you hate the Jewish state, then you hate all Jewish people which I don't believe is true because there's Jewish people in America like Ben and Jerry, and there's probably hundreds of thousands of them who agree with them, who don't feel a connection to Israel and they don't like what they're doing to the Palestinians or that's how they perceive it. So I mm -hmm. don't agree with like the Pompeos of the world who say you, if you disagree with them, you must hate all of them. I think that's crazy. But then at the same time, I would say the other side of it seems like they think that Israel isn't trying to just exist, that they're actually expanding and just like stealing more and more land from Palestinians, but then you have people in Israel that say there is no Palestine. So there's this like, you know, there's some people who say, no, we're just maintaining what we have. We gave them that and, and we're, and then there's other people who say, we don't even believe in that. Or, and then the Palestine says, we don't even believe Israel's a thing. So what do you think's going on with all that? Cause I've seen all the angles and I, you know, I'm not really sure. Well, I mean, that's why I don't take a firm opinion, but uh, let me preface by saying I'm not a, you know, I have not dug as deep on this as like I did on the Russia-Ukraine war, which I debated destiny on. Like this is this is my opinion based off of rudimentary understanding. But my understanding is that there's a massive debate over who owns the West Bank, which is a relatively small parcel of land that kind of divides the two. And um, unfortunately, the the Israelis have been taking and, and forcing out of some of their homes for years and years and years via force <laughs> they they just force out the palestinians from their homes and they move israeli families into them and it's extraordinarily antagonistic and hostile and in my opinion illegal so that is the reason i lean towards palestine i think that if it's kind of like possession is nine tenths of the law well if there's palestinians that are living in houses in this in this uh disputed territory well then 
that's theirs. <laughs> that's how I view it. And I think that it's it's just as uh, you know illegal to take that as it is for the Russians to take um, you know Ukrainian land, even though that's a very complicated issue in its own regard because the Ukrainian government was bombing the Donbass region. Basically, what I'm saying is these are very complicated topics. I think it's none of our fucking business, and I would like us to stop funding either side of this. But in this case, we almost entirely fund the uh, the Israeli side. I guess the counter people would say, you know, that's not happening. We're not taking anything. There's terrorists attacking us and we're doing that. Right. Do, do you think that they're not telling the truth and that they're actually just taking stuff? Well, they're they're definitely not telling the truth. But that's not to say that there isn't guilt on both sides. That's not to say that there aren't hostilities and murders and viciousness on both sides. I think that there are Palestinians that absolutely, as you said, believe that Israel shouldn't exist. And on the inverse, there's many Israelis who feel the same way about Palestine. Um, and I think that's wrong. You know, I am, I'm personally in favor of a quote unquote two state solution, but I am by, by no means am I enough of an expert on the topic to say like, this is how you make that come about. I, I just think that ultimately peace will only be found when external support is withdrawn and the Israelis and the Palestinians are forced to actually meet at the table and have a serious conversation about how this is going to be remedied. As long as the Americans are involved, like usually the American empire and the military industrial complex, all of their incentives are to keep the conflict going because they get to give them the dome. They get to give them the missiles. You know, it's like, I just want us to get out of it. I want, I want my tax money to stop funding this shit. Yeah, to, to wrap it up, at least from an American perspective, I've never once like said anything like horrible or negative, although it's I've got called an anti-Semite probably like a thousand times. Um, <laughs> you know, I would say this from an American's perspective, I, I support Israel's right to, to love their country, to want their politicians to serve their country. And I think Israelis who are Israeli citizens should want their country to care more about their country than our country. So when I noticed that in America, like in Israel, there's actually, I believe it's still intact. I, I saw an article from a few years ago. I don't think anything changed. But if you are an Israeli American and you join the Knesset, which is their Congress, you have to give up your American passport. If you're a Russian uh, Israeli, you have to give up your Russian passport. In order to serve in their government, you can't have two passports. They want you to be loyal to Israel because it right. makes total sense. I get that law and I, I support it in Israel. In America, you have dozens, if not more, of lawmakers, politicians, people in high-level positions that have dual passports. Um, and if you ever talk about it, you get called an anti-Semite. So there's a double standard where in Israel, you're not allowed to even serve. Uh, in America, you're not even allowed to talk about it. The biggest, um, I would say, recipient of foreign aid over the last 50, 60 years is, has been Israel. You know, they're the original Ukraine with that aid. Nancy Pelosi literally said, if our capital crumbled to the ground, we'd still be giving them money. Steve Scalise wants to pass a resolution to say that we'll support them forever. Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump both passed these anti-Semitism laws, not just the BDS laws, but there's a list of like 30 things you can't say. You're not allowed to talk about media control. You're not allowed to talk about blood libel or say you're not allowed to compare Israel's uh, policy to Nazis which is wild because I follow Mark Lobener. I love that guy. Uh, he's Jewish and he calls them Nazis all the time, you know, <laughs> in the same way Ben and Jerry from a left wing perspective doesn't want to do business with them. That's not my opinion. Uh, I think Ben and Jerry has garbage politics, especially when it comes to our country. But you just see all these things and you're like, wow, the biggest donors on the right, you notice that they donate to Trump and DeSantis and then they pass these laws. And then when you talk about it, people freak out at you. So I think,
I, I can speak for myself and I know I think you're similar, at least on this topic is, you know, for me, I, I, it's, it's mostly an American thing where I don't hate the country. I don't hate the people there. I don't have hate in my heart for anybody, but it's so clear that the Republican party, especially, but even a lot of the Democrats are so subservient where it just feels like it feels very unloyal and it, and it feels very crazy that DeSantis and Trump would pass these bills that have like 50 definitions of what anti-Semitism is. And people like Ilhan Omar, who call JFK, RFK Jr. anti-Semitic, like this is the loose definition. There's all these things you can't say, and it has nothing to do with hating a group of people. And you read these laws, like my friends who are Jewish will never get a single thing from these laws. They will, it only helps like the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world and the George Soros's of the world. These people that have like a lot of ownership that when you start to criticize them or talk about them, then people start calling you anti-Semitic. But here's the thing. Once it's passed into law, it becomes bigger than someone calling you a racist falsely. It becomes, you know, flirting on the lines of America turning into one of these European countries where free speech doesn't exist anymore. Bingo. And that that's the most important part is exactly where you ended that. These are First Amendment violations, man. Hate speech isn't a thing. I'm allowed to say hateful things. I hate a lot of people. It doesn't have anything to do with their race or their religion, but I hate a hell of a lot of people. So, and I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> so um, I, I, I just I despise the fact that that our politicians or our political class is owned by another nation. I hate I mean, I wish that we didn't even have a political class. That's how much I, I don't like our government. But if we're going to have one, I certainly don't want them to have dual loyalty to another nation, and particularly one that has had a, a you know, basically a warmongering stance towards its neighbor for a very long time. Um, on top of the fact that we're, you know, a, an empire and we've had our own <laughs> warmongering ways for the past 30, well, a lot longer than that, a very long time. Um, so I, I, I oppose it on, on all levels. And I think that it's ultimately bankrupting our country. And I think that it, if you want to really put this in the most important perspective, this is what, this is what feeds into the Nicholas Fuentes arguments. When you have laws like this that make people feel as if there's a certain group that you're not allowed to talk about, it feeds into all of the conspiracy theories about the Jewish people. So, like, if you care about the Jewish people, you should not want these laws. You should you should be getting them the same treatment that everyone else receives. If you give special treatment towards any group, it starts to foment anger and anxiety and concern and conspiracy mongering and all sorts of craziness. And eventually really bad things come from that. So. I oppose it for a litany of reasons, but yes, First Amendment would probably be the primary one. I had somebody when I responded to the Ron DeSantis thing today, he was like, you know, I'm Jewish and I agree with you. And I was like, dude, I, I don't live in the world of just social media, the media. I know there's a lot of people in Israel that agree with me out here, whatever, sure. left wing, right wing. So I, I know that it's not like a monolith and I know that there's people who agree. But yeah, I, I think you're right that in the sense of, you know, when all these things are really kind of true or a lot of them are, are true. And then people start to get annoyed and it's like, kind of like the right wing is like rising and the left's like, why is the right rising? And it's like, well, you guys went so insane that like anyone with like common sense would move to the right now. So it's, yep. you're, you say you hate these people, but you're actually fueling it. And I think, you know, uh, a lot of people are noticing things and then getting turned down. And, you know, with Nick, I've never spoken to him or, or done an interview, but he's told his story multiple times where he said, I was like just a normal Republican. And I asked a question about it and everyone freaked out at me and that led him to where he is. So I do think that a lot of things are reactionary and, uh, you there know, I don't go. really follow. I know there's like always drama with like, I don't know. I saw like Ethan Ralph and him are fighting and I'm kind of like tap. I, you know, it's one of those yeah, things I, where I, I just don't it. really know what's going on per se. But uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of 
truth to why people end up in certain ways. And uh, yeah, well, and and I mean, just to give Nick a little bit of a defense, his life has been completely ruined. He's been unbanked. He's been put on a no fly list just because of his ideas. Like, and I don't agree with most of his ideas, just to make it clear. But I think it's totally wrong when you start to unbank and unperson human beings. It's going to make them more radical, and that's what you're creating with this these types of laws. And I like. It's just so obviously true what I'm saying. But I, even even though it's true, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that feel that I'm saying it because I hate some particular group. Could not be further from the truth. I'm saying it explicitly. I'm just saying if you want to have a cohesive society that, that deals with multiculturalism and all these other things, you cannot have special laws for certain, certain people. It will foment anger and hatred and all, all these things that you're allegedly trying to fight. That's just I have to make that very clear. I think there's some groups that want that because like whenever people like call me names and stuff, it almost it's almost like they want me to get mad so they could point and say I'm mad. So I feel like the solution is not buying into it and being like, no, nah, I love y'all. And then it, and then it kind of like goes away. But yeah, I mean, there's there's conversations <laughs> that the, the GOP does not want to have. I've mentioned this a few times, but when Nick had a Twitter, you know, he retweeted something I said. And you have to understand on Twitter, I get like millions of retweets like over over years. Like it's a highly engaged thing. And someone had told me that I was basically blacklisted because this guy just retweeted me on Twitter. Wow. And it's like it's like that's crazy because we don't even know each other. So Dude, like that's, that, that's all it takes. And then they were talking about these laws that we're talking about. And Charlie Kirk and all these people were like, oh, my gosh, they're so hateful. And, you know, the, the truth is that the GOP is being phony about those topics. And a lot of people know about it. Like, I would say the thing I disagree with is maybe just like attitude, et cetera, and, and how you like deal with it and carry yourself. But, uh, you know, to each their own and everybody has their own method. I just I look at a lot of people and I don't really agree. That's why I do my own thing. Right. But yeah, I mean, that that's what got me pretty much blacklisted from the GOP was that's I said, nuts. why is Trump passing these laws that I'm reading that seem to me like they kind of contradict with the First Amendment? And then everybody came out of the woodworks like, dude, they're calling you far, far right. And they're doing this. And, you know, that's why the Byron Donalds of the world, that's why he tweets in all caps and does that stuff. And that's, you know, that's why Steve Scalise does it, because it's very clear in the GOP, you know, you're better off criticizing something in America than you are that once you go there, your life is going to be hard. And the only one who's really been able to pull it off successfully has been Thomas Massey. Like, you know, he's like off the grid, you know, uh, he's well, the only one who's gotten away with it. And that, and that's largely because he's got a lot of libertarian support. Cause he, I mean, we understand his perspective. We know it doesn't come from a hateful place. Cause I know mine doesn't come from a hateful place. So it's like, it's very easy. Um, but your points well taken. If you, if you want to function in the duopoly at all, you can't have these conversations. Honestly, if you want to, if you want to have a job, <laughs> just, just a job in America, good luck having these conversations. Good luck having like just a fair-minded approach to any of these discussions. The only reason you and I are able to do it is because we're independent because that's how we do our, our, our business. But For it's sure. crazy, man. It's crazy. Yeah, no, you're right. To do a, a segue, but kind of tie it in. Once I realized, and, and I've told this story a few times, so I don't want to bore my audience who's heard it a lot, but I started having conversations when they were trying to blacklist me in 2019. And I had influencer friends who just like, we're like, you're right, but I don't want to talk about it. You're right. And that's when I realized that the party was phony. I was like, they don't even care about the First Amendment. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. Um, and now all this stuff is going on with DeSantis and Trump, and there's all this division, et cetera, and people are fighting. And a lot of people are trying to say, well, you know, it's because DeSantis ran against Trump. And even some people will say, well, it's because Trump's rhetoric is so rough that, you know, his supporters are following. And I think there's truth 
to both of them. But to me, I think that the Republican Party and the GOP influencer class, I don't think they ever were who people thought they were. So now it's like time heals all. Like if I say something in 2020 and no one wants to hear it, and then three years later you look back and it was right, you know after three years. But so many people said, I didn't believe you then, but I believe you now. So time tells all. And I feel like obviously the left has gone insane. I think the right is the lesser of two evils. But once you realize who they're serving, what they're doing, and and it's people think you're blackpilled, like, oh, you're just so pessimistic. No, it's just what's going on. So I think that the lockdown really exposed it. I think now is really exposing it. And I truly believe that the GOP uh, and the new like Trump movement of these influencers, like we're fighting the rhinos. I think they're the new establishment. I mean, DC Drano, who I would consider a friend, like I like him as a person, he tried to kick Thomas Massey out of the party and Thomas Massey's the best person in the party. So it's like, how, how, how is this what we want? Like what, what's going on here? What do you think about what's going on with all that? Well, I think you're right, dude. It's like there's there's clearly for for instance, DC Drano is operating as a pure Trump surrogate. Like pure. He's he's dragging Vivek Ramaswamy uh today too because he's he's now approaching being the the second leading polling person in the GOP primary. Um and and the reason he goes after Massey is because Massey ran afoul of Trump because Massey forced a vote on the biggest spending bill in the in all of human history. <laughs> and Massey's like, we're not doing this without a vote. Are you guys out of your fucking minds? Um, and that was what Trump tried to kick him out of the party for. So right. you're, it's it's crystal clear that once people become political pundits and they start to make their living from it, and it's the only way they make their living, they sell out. They just do. I'm sorry, DC Drano, you're probably a great guy. It's just the truth. People sell out. They put their principles to the side. And, and that's, you know, I'm not even like, casting aspersions i just wish that their audience would be more privy to it i'm sure he says some really good things too and he's probably like like i said he's probably a good guy but look once you start once you start going after thomas massey you've lost the plot you're out of your damn mind that's the truth yeah i agree and uh i want to get into the vivek thing in a second but the funny thing is for me i i liked what he said about vivek like he brought up an old tweet about him saying that like you know i don't understand people who don't wear masks but the funniest part is like he did a three-part uh he did a three-part tweet and it was like, look, look at what Vivek did then. But then it was like, this is why Trump's the real deal. And it's like, bro, Trump is arguably wor- like the same or worse than Vivek on these topics. Exactly. And the funniest part is I don't even trust Vivek. We'll talk about it in a second. But you said that he at least has the ability to say he was wrong, which yeah. is, I think, honorable, even if I don't trust him or believe him. And Trump still has never done that. So it's like DC, you know, I love I love the guy as a person, but he's like, he's just a fake guy now. He's a Trump surrogate. So it's like if Vivek does something that he considers like, you know, a COVID error, he's like, we can't trust this guy because he made a COVID error. But like Trump made 50 errors worse than that. But that's why he should be your president. It's like, bro, <laughs> you know, you're lying. I know you're lying. You know that I know that you're lying. Everyone like I get it. You like Trump. You hang out with Trump. You fly in his jet or whatever. You do the Mar-a-Lago steak thing. Like that's how you make your economy. If you ever criticized him or give a journalistic interview, it would probably be bad for business. But it's like at least you could not crap on Thomas Massey. I mean, that was kind of crazy. Yeah, dude, and it's, it's just like the, the double standards are really getting to me where it's like, you know, another one, I'm, I'm going to get off topic, but Alex Jones, I've never disliked. I've always liked him, you know, uh, despite what the media wanted. He's a little wild, but you know, 
so so are some people but he's he told people for years that the vaccine was a bioweapon and it was one of the worst things ever like a, a straight up bioweapon and it's so bad it's so bad and then now he's like coming around and being like but he's the best option so with even alex yeah. jones who you know i'm like do you do you are you lying to your audience about what you think of the vaccine like do you not think it's that bad or are you lying about Trump? Because there's no way you can believe everything you said over the last two years, but then exactly. say he's the thing. It's not that I feel like people need to agree with me, but I'm so tired of double standards like the left does. And now you're seeing that from Drano, Alex Jones. And it, it feels like that's become the new status quo is let's destroy Thomas Massey's life for doing one thing that we don't agree with or understand. But if Trump does 50 things worse, then that's just a secret plan or he's OK. And it's really like uh, gross. To, well, to watch. What, I, what I hate about it is that it's the same tactics, tactics that the media uses. They besmirch people based off of false premises, and they usually attack based off of something that they've done. It's the exact same thing that they did to Trump, which is the most dirty thing about this. Right. They accused Trump of you know profiting off of his relationship to Ukraine. That was like the whole thing. The phone uh, call. He, yeah, it was the a perfect. It was a perfect the, phone it was call. Perfect. Listen. It was beautiful. The yes. inventor of the phone, Alexander Graham Bell, resurrected from the grave and he heard the phone call and he said, <laughs> listen, I invented the phone and I've heard <laughs> phone calls in my life. Trust me, some really big phone calls, but this is the best, most perfect phone call I've ever heard. <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. Uh, so but but what do they do? They, they use the inverse of that. They know Biden's dirty. So they hit Trump with the bullshit in Ukraine, in China, everywhere else. And then and then when it comes out that, oh, actually, it was the DNC that was doing that the whole time. Well, then the, the case doesn't hold much water because everyone's going, well, we just did that with Trump and it was nonsense. So it's probably nonsense over here, too. This is media ops. This is DNC ops. You can't you can't like tell me that D.C. Drano is doing this because he believes it in his heart. I, I refuse to believe it. So when I see stuff like that, I, I, I just lose a lot of respect for people. I mean, Thomas Massey is the realest one to come after him. is nuts. I want to say this too. Like <laughs> Thank you. one huge, crazy double standard I've been seeing from, from that camp too, is like with DeSantis, like, listen, if you say Trump's better on foreign policy, I like Trump, or, you know, this is why I like Trump and it makes sense. I'll be like, I get it. That that's fair. You know, you get to vote for who you want, but people will be like, DeSantis should have never run. He's unloyal. How dare him run against Trump? How dare him challenge Trump? It's Trump's turn. He should have never challenged Trump. Oh, look, Vivek's challenging Trump. Oh, we love Vivek here at MAGA World. Wow, Vivek's surging in the polls. That's so great. We love that Vivek surging in the polls. It's like, why do you want Ron DeSantis to stay put when he actually, in many ways, helped during the lockdown against Gavin Newsom and, and, and New York more than Trump did? But Vivek, the pharma bro, who all of a sudden is now the biggest conservative anyone's ever seen, but he was nowhere to be found during the pandemic. Now he should run. But they, like they, they don't even believe the premise that no one should challenge Trump because they're like infatuated with the fact that Vivek is now challenging Trump. Like, I don't understand those standards at all, bro. It's I got to admit, it's confusing as hell. Uh, I was at uh, Turning Point this weekend. I went on Sunday, so I, I missed Vivek on, on Saturday night. But um, I'm sitting there. And there's like Asa Hutchinson, governor of Arkansas, uh, the the dude for the mayor of Miami, like the, all these dudes that are running for president. Right. And every time they step on stage to speak, they get booed mercilessly. And I'm not talking when they when they just open. I'm talking about throughout their entire speech. The entire MAGA crowd is booing mercilessly. Then I get home and I and I throw on Vivek's appearance and it's chanting USA and like 
They love him. It's it's the most fascinating thing I've ever seen because, as you said, this would be the same disloyalty. It's Trump. This is Trump's presidency. This is his candidacy. Um, it makes no sense. But I, I had Vivek on my show today, Liberty Lockdown. If anybody wants to check it out, uh, look. Rhetorically, the guy is a wizard. He says everything I want to hear. He even said, like, throughout my entire 20s, I referred to myself as a libertarian. You know that's music to my ears. He says that Ron Paul threw the pass, and I'm here to catch it. And I'm like, dude, you are speaking my language right now. But I can't I can't tell if he's for real at all. Because as you said, he was he was wrong about the mask. He was wrong about the vaccine. He like he got a bunch of shit wrong when when he wasn't in the political eye. And I'm like, right. I just don't know. <clears throat> I just don't know, man. Yeah. I, I, uh, you know, I'll, I'll try to interview him at some point, but I, I do feel like he's a chameleon where he, he reminds me of like a car salesman who just says everything you want to hear. Like maybe he really was a libertarian, but you're on a libertarian show and you're like, if Rand Paul, exactly. Ron Paul threw a pass, I'd catch it. And then when he's in front of Trump's audience, he says, well, I, you know, I'm, tr I'm Trump 2.0. And it's <laughs> like, you know, dude, are you bro? I heard well, his. Uh, in fairness, in fairness, on my show, he did say he's a hybrid of uh, Trump's "Make America Great Again" and Ron Paul's, you know, and the Fed. I was like, that's a hell of a pitch, but I just don't know. I don't know. I saw uh, someone post it because I was like, this was my big question to everybody. I was like, everyone's allowed to change. I have to be honest. If you're in your 20s and you're left wing and you go right wing, like that makes sense to me. But if you're like in your 40s and you were quiet until like. 2021 2022 2023 like that's a little weird but this yeah. is my question for the whole vivek um during the pandemic right 2020 2021 we're having lockdowns like all this mandates etc where was he you know where were his big courageous stances if he took a courageous stance especially as a pharmacy ceo we would have heard about it because there weren't many people doing it so this is my thing with him is i'm sure he's a nice guy but if you weren't there when America needed you the most and now you're just coming in to basically like take over something that you didn't really earn and everybody's going to fall for it. I don't trust it personally because, yeah. you know, people like Ian Smith, people like Tony Roman of Basilicos, people honestly, even though DeSantis messed up, I think that he did earn a lot of my respect by opening up very, very quickly. And I think that he helped more than Trump by showing that the economy could stay open. And there's reports now saying between New York and California, they lost like a trillion dollars because as they're trying to virtue signal and do all this stuff and treat people like animals, you know, DeSantis was open for a year and a half, just sucking up their economy, millions of people moving there. So I respect what he did. And it's like, where was Vivek? Viv you know, Vivek to me, he's like a knockoff Dr. Shiva. It's just like, oh, here, let's get this guy to come in the pharma, bro. So now mm -hmm. at a TPUSA thing, how could I not be skeptical of the top two votes at the TPUSA Trump cult rally is the father of the vaccine who says in many ways, I'm the father of the vaccine because I'm the one who pushed it and a pharma bro who wasn't anywhere to be found during the pandemic. Uh, and now all of a sudden is a Ron Paul and a Donald Trump. And I want to say this, I found an interview of him with Tucker and someone else in 2020. And he said, this is a liberal democracy. And I'm like, what type of Republican Ron Paul conservative calls America a liberal democracy? I mean, I feel like Vivek, every time I've ever seen him speak, I've never once for one second trusted him. He sounds to me like he, he's a car salesman. Well, I'll say this. I don't agree or I don't disagree with most of what you said, other than I would say he's an elite car salesman. <laughs> he is, he is, he's one of the best salesmen I've ever, like, if you if you end up having him on your show, which I hope I hope happens, uh, he's incredibly gifted. Like the the way he takes my question, he 
He turns it around. He doesn't dodge it, but he turns it around and he he answers it in a way that even if I disagree with aspects of it, I come away feeling like I was heard, like there's some sort of compromise. Like I right. won. Like I won. Even if he said something I don't want to hear, I still come away feeling as if I won. It that's right. a that's a very gifted salesman. So, you know, what if if what he's telling me is true, it doesn't align with his behavior in 2020-21. It doesn't. So there, he has to address that. He did. I was on Twitter Spaces with Josie, the redhead libertarian tonight. He said, I got it wrong. He's like, I got it wrong about the mess. I got it wrong about, like, that's the only reason I'm giving him some grace is because Trump doesn't do that. Trump just says, it's right. perfect. I saved a trillion lives. I'm the greatest thing that's ever happened. Vivek is at least honest enough to say, I got that wrong. I got right. that wrong. And here's why. So we'll see. Time will tell. Yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. And I know a lot of people that I that follow me, not everybody, I'm sure there's people who agree with me. A lot of people to me say, we don't care about that. We don't care about the vaccines. We don't care about, you know, the COVID stuff. Like, that's why DeSantis is, is, is losing because he's harping on that. And a lot of people don't care. You know, I, I think of a few things like as soon as a baby, this might be too far for people, but too bad. As soon as a baby boy is born, you know, they chop off a part of his genitalia. And then over the next co couple course of weeks, they're injecting like a bunch of vaccines. Right. And American parents have not really thought of that as a Christian. You know, there is a part of the Bible. I'm not going to quote it directly, but it says circumcision is of the heart. You do not need to sacrifice flesh. So it's pretty clear in the Bible. I don't have the quote with me right now. But I've read it and it's clear that it doesn't say that you have to chop off part of your kid's penis. Most of the world doesn't do that because it's actually kind of insane. And I'm not trying to get into personal stories, but, you know, I'm not if you've had it or had it, I don't care. But it's something Americans haven't even thought of. They, they haven't right. thought of it because they're just told to do it. And the Bible explicitly states that circumcision is of the heart and you do not need to sacrifice your kid's flesh. With that being said, and then they shoot all this stuff up. Kids are dying of fentanyl. You know what I'm saying? The lockdowns and all this stuff, it was heavily intertwined with Big Pharma. Big Pharma's taken over our television. If you come from other countries, they're like, this is insane. There's only two countries in the world where you're allowed to sell the way they do with things that only your doctor can give you. In most countries, you can only do over-the-counter uh, pharma ads. You can't do all this stuff. Our, our, our country is disgusting. It went straight authoritarian for a while. It went socialist. Trump is a big pharma socialist. But, you know, turning point, these frauds, they say socialism sucks. But then when their party goes full socialist, they, they don't have a problem with it. So I say that Kirk and turning point should change the organization from socialism sucks and get a more honest slogan, which is socialism sucks when Democrats do it. But when Republicans that we like and, and, and carry water for do socialism, then all of a sudden we don't care about it and we make excuses because that's really what they are at this point. Um, but long story short, it's like if you don't care about big pharma and you're mutilating children at birth and you don't even realize all the stuff you're doing, this country is going to be cursed. It doesn't matter if you drink beer and watch Donald Trump at a rally or if you vote for, you know, who, who Vivek. It's like this country's not you can't ignore this topic. This this topic destroyed the economy. This topic turned Trump from an America first patriot into a big pharma socialist when he knows about this stuff. He just lied to you. Oh, he doesn't know. He knows the evidence is all there. You're the fool. He didn't get fooled. You got fooled. But long story short, it's like I, I find it insane that people are like, I don't even care about that. Of course you don't. That's why the Republican Party is like a doormat. They're like a doofus doormat where now their top two candidates are the father of the vaccine who says, I was the one that pushed it, brags about rushing the FDA to get it out quickly. Maybe that's why it sucks so bad because Donald Trump rushed it so fast. 
And then you got this pharma bro who is nowhere to be found during lockdowns, sucking up all the attention, saying I'm the next guy in line and people are buying it. He's basically just replacing DeSantis, who actually in many ways walked the walk that Vivek never did at his pharmacy company. So all I'm saying is this, you know, the people <laughs> that say I don't care, like what type of country or party do you think you're going to get by not caring about one of the craziest moments in modern history and an industry that has swallowed up our entire country and is killing the youth at a faster rate than anything ever has. You don't care about that? Then this party's a clown show. I might have to join the Libertarian Party if these people should keep clowning around. Well, you, you have a home with us, brother. I, look, I, I can't disagree with anything you said. I think that it's it's tragic that people are unwilling to, to hold their political leadership to higher standards. That It's the whole reason. I mean, you, you were referencing a bunch of people like, where were you in 2020? I started my show May 1st, 2020. Like, you know where I was at. I was so I was so infuriated by what was happening that I was like, I'm going to scream into a microphone. And I, I was anonymous on, on the Internet at the time. No one knew who I was. And I was just like, I'm going to scream into a microphone. And now I'm doing millions of downloads. You know, it's like that's just it's that's that's what the world wanted. They wanted passion. They wanted people with principles. That's what they want in our political class, too. Many people do. There's so many people, dude, like like about a half of the population just doesn't even vote because they've just given up. They just assume that all politicians are full of shit and they'll never do anything that they promise. True. All I'm looking for are people that actually have principles that are above their own self-interest. Will you do what you say because you believe it in your in your soul, in your heart? Do you care about the future of this country? If you have kids, do you want them to grow up in this hellscape that we existed in over the past three years? Or do you want to go back and get the America that you and I grew up in? Because even though it wasn't perfect, my God, was it better than this? And and my answer to that is yes, that's what I want. And I'm just looking for political leadership that, that feels it in their bones. And, and when they say it rhetorically, they mean it too. And God damn it, if I could just find a few of them, man, it's so tough. Massey's one of them. This is why I right. ride for the guy. This is why I'll, I'll defend him to the end of the earth, because he's one of the few people that clearly will sacrifice himself. He almost gave up his political career just to get a vote on a $5 trillion bill. And he right. had the president of the United States come out and rip him to shreds. That's principle. So right. if you don't want to respect that, you don't want to fix this country. You don't care about the future for your kids. I'll, I'll get off my pedestal. No, dude, stay on it. And, and this is the thing I hear from so many people where they say, well, you know, he got tricked. He got fooled. He made a mistake. And it's like, every listen, everybody makes mistakes. It's all good. But the thing is, if you give me the option between Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady and like John Jenkins, who's that? Exactly. I just made him up. You know, saying you go with the best person. So it's like, for this country, I understand that like some people got fooled, some people got tricked, some people were nowhere to be found, like a uh, pharma bro Vivek or whatever, you know. But it's like I'm not mad at the person, but he's not fit to lead the Republican Party who just caved to 15 days to slow the spread in 30 days. If Donald Trump can't admit he's wrong, he's not fit to lead. So if you're too People are the father of the vaccines who doesn't see a single thing wrong with anything he did. And a farmer bro who didn't have the conviction as a man, who didn't have the passion as a man, who didn't have the Americanism as a man to make a hard stance against this stuff. Then how the hell are these your leaders that you're choosing? The Republican Party is pathetic and weak and they're doormats and they're so like culty around this stuff. And it's so embarrassing. It's like, I don't believe this country deserves anything. Oh, we deserve this. You don't, you deserve to get scammed over and over and over because your two favorite politicians are car salesmen who proved to not be there when you needed them the most. So it's not to say that they don't have a single role, but as a man, I'm not going to be led by another man or vote for another man 
who's dumber than I am. They have a staff, they have billions of dollars, they have a hundred people. If I figured it out with a laptop and they couldn't figure it out three years later, uh, they're not fit to lead this country. There's people there that actually did better, but uh, Republicans don't care. In my opinion, Republicans are just as brainwashed as liberals, just in a different way. I think the brainwashing is that deep. The conditioning is as deep. They just have slightly better instinct and a little more common sense. But when it comes to their political leaders, not saying these people need to be banished to, you know, like a different dimension. It's just like, pick a better leader, demand yeah. more out of them. If not, then you don't deserve anything. It's, yeah. it's, it's insane. Well, I mean, the, the average GOP voter, I tend to get along with great because at their core, I think they they share most of my values. They believe in free speech and gun rights. They don't want all these endless wars. You know, like they're my people broadly. But when it comes down to voting, the leadership that they that they always put into positions of power, be it George Bush and the neoconservative disaster that ruined our country, or it be Donald Trump, which allowed us to be locked down, which ruined our country. Um, I just don't know what it is, man. I don't know why why they like I understand the fear of Biden. Biden is a disaster. I get it. But like in the primaries, you got to put up people that are for real. You got to put up people that are like true blue, true north, conservative, libertarian, whatever, whatever you're looking for. But it can't be a guy who let your country get ruined time and time again. It just can't be that. Well, yeah. And here's the thing, too. It's like, why do Democrats vote for Democrats? Like what, you know, sometimes they really like them, but most people vote for Democrats because they're not Republicans. They want exactly. to abort. They want to abort. They're not kids that we're going to be kids. And they, like, there's something they want. But a lot of times it's fear of the other side and the Republicans and the Democrats, mm -hmm. they play off each other. For instance, I'm not saying you can't talk about the election. I'm not going to censor you. I'm not I'm not saying it's not a big deal. But the thing is, March to November was an even bigger tragedy because even though you won the 2016 election, there still was 15 days of slow the spread. There still was a lockdown. The economy was imploded before Biden got here. And then Trump went from a skeptic who thought that vaccines caused diseases into a full-blown vaccine salesman that was hawking it harder than Bill Gates. Like That's the big scandal. But the thing is, Trump is a marketing genius. So he flips this narrative and says, only care about November. And now like Republicans are like robots where they're like, they only have like three phrases. So all it takes is a Vivek. I mean, any, any intellectual person can just study right-wing Twitter for two weeks and come out and be like, there's only two genders and the election was, right. Oh, and then like, that's all it takes to, to, to get these people on your side. They don't, they don't care about anything else. I'm not trying to be rude, but it's one of these things where, you know, that's, it, that's how it all happens. Like Ted Cruz is a complete buffoon, but he's not Beto O'Rourke. You know what I'm saying? But what about Biden? But what about Trump? So the left and the right, they play off of each other. The Trump versus DeSantis, they play off of each other. You know what I'm saying? Vivek comes up and he sucks up the thing. And then people say, well, what do you want, Biden? And it's like, dude, Trump no. is just a master manipulator where even though he was in on a lot of the corruption in 2020, he found a way to be like, well, how do I get people to not hold me accountable? There's multiple ways. Let's just talk about the election and make them talk about that for four years. Let's uh, let's look at the Alvin Bragg arrest. Now I'm a victim again, which is the whole reason he's searching in the polls. It's not any of his own doing. The Democrats elevated him probably True. with the Pied Piper status. And then you go you know, to this next thing. And now it's like, how do we stop Ron DeSantis? Well, you know, Trump is using Sal Alinsky tactics. He's accusing DeSantis of what he does. He says, yeah. well, he's too close to the Bush people, which is true. And yes, donors do control 
politicians. But Trump also did the same stuff. He hired over 30 Bush people. You could look up articles, multiple, like, you know, it's like everything he says, he'll be like, well, you know, so he, he says, he, he says that DeSantis was, was terrible in the lockdowns. You're like, you're like, you're going to say that? Unbelievable. Dude, he's, he's very, I don't know if Machiavellian is the right word, but Trump is now basically just copy and pasting CNN propaganda and, and just doing what CNN was doing in 2020, which is Ron DeSantis killed a lot of people. Ron DeSantis killed more people than Cuomo. You know, he was so bad during COVID. He's literally copy and pasting Democrats. Trump's like a liberal. He moves to Florida. He runs away from the Democrats. And then he makes a video and says, Charlie Crist did fine. So it's like he he's a typical liberal runs to a red state, runs to a red area, and then says that a Democrat would be just as good as a Republican. Uh, you know, it's like, but people don't realize because he's such a good manipulator where it's like Trump can parrot CNN and just take their propaganda. And then if I, like, I have, by the way, people don't know this, but some people do. I actually got fact-checked by the fact-checker. They made an entire fact-check article to shut my page down, demonetize me. And it was specifically about me because I had a huge Facebook page. It was called Lead, Lead Stories, one of the Facebook loser fact-checkers. I was reporting that they were lying about the data in Florida, and I proved it. And even in the fact-checker article, they admitted that I was right, but they're like, it's right, but it's but it's wrong. But, it, but he's not wrong, but it's wrong. So they made a fact-checker for me. So basically, I've been covering this for years crunching the data of Florida versus New York, Florida versus California, and saying objectively they're lying about how deadly Florida is. So now that Trump takes the CNN Democrat stance, I say the same thing I've been saying for years that people are applauding me for doing. And now the same people that were applauding me two years ago for the same data are now saying, aren't you going to talk about all the people that died in Florida? What? You're, like They don't too. even realize that he has that power over people. And another one is uh, the Soros thing. And I know that you said that Vivek just got a scholarship, which might be true, but it's like the, the, the biggest connections to Soros are Vivek and Trump. And I'm not saying that like Vivek even knows him, but he's mm -hmm. on the website for Paul and Daisy Soros Fellowship. Apparently he, he says he got a scholarship and he was interacting with them in 2020 instead of actually fighting the lockdowns. And then Trump took a massive loan from George Soros back in the day for a Chicago building. So you get what I'm saying? It's like everyone's yeah. saying Soros, Soros, Soros. The two biggest connections are that. DeSantis doesn't even have that big of connections. It's just Soros said that he thinks that Trump's going to lose the election, just like Gavin Newsom said he thinks Trump's going to win the election and DeSantis is going to lose. That's not an endorsement. If I say I think Gavin Newsom's going to beat Biden, I'm not endorsing Gavin Newsom. It's just my opinion <laughs> of, who's, of who's going to win. But the, but the Trump people are, are acting like Soros endorsed DeSantis, which never happened, when the two people that has a bigger connection to anything Soros are their two favorite candidates. I, yeah, I, I openly say now... The Republican Party is a uh, controlled opposition. I mean, they they, yeah. they don't. And, and the main reason that they're controlled is not because they like these people are going to vote for these people, but they don't think anymore. All of these Republican are just parroting the same four phrases, the same four talking points. They're being unchallenged. You know, one thing real quick, and then I'm going to pass it over to you. Feel free to go go full, uh, you know, uh, I would say off with <laughs> it. Mode. But yeah, I was trying to think of the filibuster. I couldn't think of the word, but um. You know, I, I want to debate Tim Pool because I think he's a moron and I would make him look like a child. But in general, you know, his booking lady reached out to me and said, hey, we'd love to have you on the podcast. And 
you know, we had a miss before that person got there. We had a miss thing where I got stranded at the at the place. I got I, I, I took a new hotel. They told me, hey, if you get a new hotel, we're so sorry we messed it up and we, we weren't thinking about the times or whatever. You know, we, we can't have you on the next day. But if you get a hotel, we'll pay for it. And then they weaseled their way out of paying for it. Really low level stuff treated me terribly. Long story short, it's like if, if they pay me back and actually cover the money, it's not that I need the money. It's just out of principle. If they show me that they're actually a legitimate business and not scumbags like I think they are now, not that not the new chick, but other ones. I like Cassandra Fairbanks a lot too. But anyway, long story short, I would love to debate Tim Pool. There's nothing more I want in this world to debate these people because I feel like they're brainwashing Republicans with this like low tier uh, analysis. So hopefully they cover all that stuff because I don't want to go there. But I too, man. yeah, but I do want to debate Tim because I feel like his analysis, like basically, I, and I know you're friends, so you don't have to agree with me. It's all good. But like, you know, I'm like a filet mignon steak and he's like leftover McDonald's that's been sitting there for five weeks. Like it's not, it's just not even comparable. <laughs> I'm going to laugh, but I'm not going to agree. Uh, <laughs> you're good. Yeah. I'm not trying I, to get you in trouble. I, I've been on IRL a bunch of times and, and almost every time I'm on, I end up in a, in a knockdown drag out fight with Tim about Trump and his, his record in 2020. And so I, I would love to see you do it. I mean, I, I've done it with him myself and I think that he's wrong. I think that Trump owns a lot of the failures of 2020 that it, it uh, let me speak to your audience for a second. The, those in the audience right now that are hardcore MAGA that love Trump to the end of the earth, they always say Trump didn't put a federal mandate. So he's not res responsible for the governor's decisions. Okay. But he is responsible for letting Fauci stand right next to him every single day for the entire summer of 2020 when he was giving the worst misinformation of anyone in the world at the time. So you can't get away from that. And then he didn't fire him on top of it. And now three plus years later, he still thinks everything he did was perfect. I'm sorry. That's just nonsense. There's no way you can actually look yourself in the mirror and say that was a reasonable stance to take then and particularly it is the most insane irrational perspective to hold to this very day it's lunacy for you to write that off and to excuse it and i will not i will not abide it i will not allow you to just lie to yourself and say that that's okay you can still support the guy you can still love him to the end of the earth but just be real with yourself he screwed you and me over I had to flee California. I spent 35 glorious years in San Diego, California, and I had to flee to go live under Ron DeSantis because he was that good of a governor when it mattered most. So do I support DeSantis for presidency? I'm not saying that. I thought he was a much better governor than anybody else aside from uh, South Dakota chick. I'm blanking on her name right now. And, uh, Chris, and you yeah, no. And for, for Trump to now turn around and make it seem as if Florida was some death mill when over a million people moved here since the beginning of 2020 because it was ran so well compared to everywhere else in the country, the country that was destroyed because of Donald Trump. It's insulting. It's irritating. I'm sorry. I'm just being real with you guys. Thank you, That's dude. the truth. So it's crazy to see people not at least able to admit that but i want to say too because a lot of people haven't done this stuff uh, rfk has like revealed a lot of this but the the thing that people don't understand when i say stuff they'll say well it wasn't mandated it wasn't mandated and it's like yes that's one part of the equation but what people don't understand is like say like fentanyl fentanyl's killed probably tens of millions of americans that's not mandated. Does that mean it's fine? People are dying. It's fine, right? Because it's not mandated. No, not mandates only one part of the equation. It's evil. I voted for Trump. I'm glad that he wouldn't have done that on a federal level. I appreciate it. But that's sure. not ever. It's like if Trump 
you know, basically like just like destroy something, but then he doesn't mandate a vaccine. It doesn't mean he didn't destroy that. So people right. are like NPCs now where they just keep saying he didn't mandate, didn't mandate it. Well, let me tell you what he did do. And then you tell me if this is right or wrong. Before all of this, RFK said it actually eloquently on Ru Dave Rubin's show recently and explained it thoroughly. Trump isn't, and this is like a lot of people love Candace Owens, but she thinks like Trump doesn't understand vaccines. And these are like all the excuses people try to make because they like them, which is nice. But the truth is Trump doesn't not know about this stuff. He knew about vaccine injuries. He's a skeptic of vaccines. And he actually tried to hire before he got into office RFK Jr. to run a vaccine safety commission. He called him. RFK Jr. had meetings with Fauci and the other wow. guy, forget his name, from the other department. And everything was going fine because Trump knew about this stuff. And Trump turned his back on RFK Jr. when he took a million dollar Pfizer donation. And people say, well, that's not that much money. Well, it's enough to move his hand. It's a lot. It's not like you pay a million dollars yourself for a campaign. You take people's money. And if you look at his corporate records, Trump took actually more money than Obama from corporations for his inauguration, over $100 million from all these mega corporations. And as soon as they donated, including Pfizer, Trump closed the Vaccine Safety Commission with RFK Jr. He hired Scott Gottlieb for FDA, who was a Pfizer guy who ran off to Pfizer. He hired Alex Azar, who was an Eli Lilly lobbyist slash executive for Eli Lilly as the HHS. And you have to understand, I've explained this, but I just want to show people if it was layers. Fauci was the head of the NIAID, which is right here. Above the NIAID is the National Institute of Health. And above the National Institute of Health is the HHS, which controls all of that. So two layers above Fauci, Trump hired a pharmacy executive slash lobbyist to run the entire department. And in my opinion, a lot of reason this corruption came is because he hired the pharmacy swamp just as much, if not more than other presidents of the past. So all this stuff that happened, if he would have went the, the way of, of draining the swamp instead of filling it up with the worst swamp creatures recently, a lot of this stuff might not have happened. So he absolutely is complicit. In 2018, Google all the stuff I'm saying, please. He had a meeting with Bill Gates and Bill Gates said that Trump tried to hire him for a White House position. DC Drano, David Harris, all of my friends, you know, how come you guys never asked Trump, did you try to hire Bill Gates? Wouldn't that be a little crazy? Shouldn't, shouldn't, is there any journalists left? Is there any integrity left on the right? Or are they just slurping down Mar-a-Lago stakes for their own bank accounts and deceiving you into thinking they're doing it for you? Long story short, Bill Gates told him in 2018 that he got Trump super excited about a universal flu vaccine. And he told Trump that you'll be the vaccine guy. And then in 2019, Trump passed an executive order for exactly the same stuff that Bill Gates told him in the meeting. Trump passed it past Congress with an executive Crazy, order man. before the lockdown. When the lockdowns happen, outside of the mandates, that's what the NPCs say, like as if that's the only part of the equation. Trump did Operation Warp Speed, which is a over, I think it was like 15, 16, 17, 18 billion dollar socialist vaccine thing as a libertarian or a conservative Everyone should know Pfizer, Johnson Johnson just made such a good product and sold it. Then that's fine. But that's not what happened. It was socialist. It's free because the government funded it. And what people don't even fascist. realize is, is that yeah, you could call it. I don't care what you call it. Communist, fascist. <laughs> I know some people say I'm like, whatever, as long as you know it's bad, call it what you want. <laughs> but Moderna owns a joint patent. Uh, the government owns a joint patent on Moderna. So when Pfizer came out and got a bunch of money, Moderna actually tried to sue Pfizer. And Moderna is the one that's partnered with the government because the government part owns the patent for it. So anyway, they gave $18 billion in socialist money to Big Pharma. Then they bought hundreds of millions of their doses, which is socialist funding, socialist buying. And then Trump ran around the country saying he's the father of the vaccine. So whether you call it fascist, 
communist, socialist, whatever you want to call it. Call it what what you will. It, it but ain't it, American. <laughs> it ain't American. It ain't capitalist. It ain't conservative. And it ain't libertarian. So Republicans don't realize this because all these NPC Mar-a-Lago stake slurping influencers, which are the ultimate deceivers, the ultimate sellout controlled ops now, whether they want to admit it or not, they won't tell you this stuff. They just keep telling you like three phrases. So you repeat it on loop with everything that I just told people, look it all up. It's all 100% real. It's all 100% provable. And this guy set you up. He's the father of the vaccine. He brags about it because it seems like in 2018, he had a meeting with Bill Gates and Bill Gates told him that he'd get credit for it. And apparently he wants credit for these, the COVID mRNA shots, you know? So See, long you and I are just, you and I are just giving Trump what he wants. We're giving him credit. Giving him credit for the, he's the father of the vaccine. He says, they call me the father of the vaccine. In many ways, that's true because I'm the one who pushed it. He's He's not an innocent, but this is the genius of Donald Trump. What does he do? He brainwashes his loyalists to only talk about November. And then he tells them in January, come to the Capitol. Mike Pence is going to overturn the election, hurt or hurt. And all these organizers who would have been there against the lockdown and who were there against the mandate, they all got set up. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's like Alex Jones calls the vaccine a bioweapon and, and, and clearly doesn't believe that or or something because then he says he's going to back Trump or Trump's the best option. Owen Schroyer, love that guy. You know, he got basically set up at the Capitol where he was on the steps or whatever. I don't know what happened. He's facing lawsuits. And then he's out here saying the same stupid stuff. It's like, yeah, I love the wild. guy, but it's like these people, it's like how many times does he have to betray you until you snap out of it? You guys are going to complain on your network about how terrible the vaccine is for two years and then run around and say the father of the vaccine is the best option like everybody's lying and then the craziest part too is like you know the the further right fuentes type crowd uh they're also supporting trump where it's funny because it's like yo desantis is with israel it's like so is trump trump yeah. trump trump pardoned jonathan pollard an israeli spy on his way out of office and you know jared kushner's father who blackmailed the brother like it's a crazy story <laughs> trump passed the same orders as desantis he just doesn't fly to israel i'm not it's like vote for who you want but like every, like i see all these like just be real about it further right influencers and they're like maga yeah it's real we're gonna crush the day it's like what what is everyone thinking it feels like everybody's lying in unison and i'm just trying to figure out what in the world are they thinking? You know, well, I, I think that the the just to play devil's advocate, I think that the most compelling argument for Trump is that the deep state persecution of him has radicalized him to a point that he might actually do the right thing. That's the that's the best argument I can make. I like I, I don't know if I actually believe it. But after you if you read the Durham report, which I'm sure you did, I did on my show. Um, if you look at the Russia collusion and and just the consistent deep state coup that was coming after him, it's like. Maybe, maybe, but like you're going to bet the future of this country on a big, big maybe with a guy who definitely definitively demonstrated his character when it mattered most in 2020. That's a risky bet. That's a bet I don't want to make. Um, so that's where I'm at on it. Right. And the and the dude's still on stage with Lindsey Graham getting booed at a oh, Trump no, rally. And then he says he's got it. He's like, I'll fix them. I'll come back here and campaign for him. <laughs> Dude, he's telling you he's going to come campaign for Lindsey Graham, the worst neocon rhino out of the bunch. And the craziest thing to me is like I saw a Hodge twins poll with like over 100,000 people. Right. And people will say that's not a real poll because it's not. But the funny part is a real poll sometimes only has 900 people. So it's like <laughs> right. a Hodge twins poll with 150,000 people is is actually like more legit than than these stupid like Trafalgar polls or whatever these stupid things are. But before the the arrest in in 2022, like October, September, the Hodge twins say, "Who would you rather for president?" 
Trump had like 36% and DeSantis had like 64%. He was killing Trump in the wow. polls. The only thing that changed Trump in the polls was the arrest. Mm. Overnight, people went, Trump's old. He's lying about the vaccine too much. DeSantis is a better leader. DeSantis led the way the last two years. Trump's just telling old stories about himself. You know, it, he probably won't win the election. You know, he, he he's probably not going to poll as well. And then as soon as Alvin Bragg arrested Donald Trump, Trump flew up in the polls by 30%. He flew back to Mar-a-Lago and had a planned influencer dinner there with all your favorite sellouts. And then he flew up in the polls and, and raised his more money than he's ever raised recently in his new campaign. So it's like, Incredible. that's exactly why people went back. And now you have, I know I'm not trying to get you in trouble because you might not agree with me, which is fine. But like Tim Pool type NPCs where he's like, it's over. And it's like, bro, you're not making sense. Like, you know, it's it's like toddler level analysis of this stuff. And if people do vote for him and support him, challenge him, please. The craziest thing that bothers me is like, I like, I'm not Bill Mitchell. Trust me, I'm not John Cardillo or whatever. No, no disrespect to these people, but I'm not these people. I'm not shilling for DeSantis. I like that people are calling out DeSantis's donors. I like that people are realizing that he seems to like a foreign country a little like in an obsessive amount. I don't <laughs> mind that stuff, but it's it's healthy. It's right. healthy that all of a sudden people care. Like Vivek came out and it's like DeSantis is pushing speech laws. So it so did Trump though, but you'll never say that because you got to slurp off his golden pedestal to get where you're at. So it's like I like that people call out DeSantis, but the craziest part about Trump is he's the easiest one to be controlled opposition because he could do anything. Literally, people are telling me today, oh, Trump rushed the vaccine because it, if, it, if they would have took three years to develop it, it would have been way deadlier. And it's like, bro, if Hillary Clinton did that, you'd never say it. If DeSantis no. did that, you'd never say it. You're like making up the, you're losing your mind, becoming like mentally ill off of this idea that you just can't fathom that Donald Trump sided with the big pharma swamp and did socialism. Like he's the easiest one to run any agenda through. No matter what Trump did, dude, if DeSantis like bombed Iran, you'd have all these Republicans being like, yo, he shouldn't have done that. Or, or if he bombed Ukraine, they'd be like, he shouldn't have done that. He's a neocon. But if Trump did it, they'd be like, maybe Nikola Tesla's in the in the bomb. Maybe he's keeping his enemies closer. Maybe the reason he put Fauci on the stage was to expose him. Fauci didn't need to be exposed. He got exposed 30 years ago during the AIDS epidemic. Maybe he hires all his enemies and gives them awards and money because he's trying to trick them. No, you're the fool. He's not the fool. You're the fool. He, me, I look at him when he talks to his audience and it almost looks like he's like laughing at them. He's like, how are these people so stupid to still yeah, buy man. my shtick? Well, let, let me clarify something. You said, what if he bombed Iran? He did. He blew oh. up Soleimani. <laughs> he was an Iranian general. Oh, he almost started God. World War III, dude. Like, and, and no one seems to care about that. I still remember it because I'm actually anti-war because I actually have these principles. It's not about some bullshit leadership or, or some hero that's supposed to save me. I want people that actually mean what they say. And Trump has demonstrated definitively he doesn't. He said, let's take the guns first, due process later. That ain't Second Amendment defending. He said, bump stocks, get them gone. I don't give a shit. That ain't Second Amendment defending. Like, what are we talking about? Then he has the free speech, uh, you know, infringement with the BDS laws or, or whatever the framing was on that one. It's like, look, he may be our best hope in terms of electability. He might be, but that doesn't mean I'm going to support him because I don't trust him. I'm <laughs> just being totally straight with you guys. Um, and I and I pray that there's a real a real contender that rises up. And I don't think it's DeSantis either, if I'm being totally honest. But that, I'm just I'm just being straight. Like I I don't trust these people. They've demonstrated over and over again that they're owned by people above us. And it's like it's like military industrial complex, Israel, pharma. 
That's who owns the political class. And it ain't us. It ain't you, listener at home. It's not us. They they don't listen to us. They do what their donors say. That's how it is. And as long as the government's as big as it is, as long as they're taking in $5 trillion, there's going to be corruption that's so rampant. There's going to be so much incentive for the corporations to try and acquire and own these politicians. Nothing will ever change. And that sounds blackpilled, but it's not. It's just being realistic. I just wanted to say I disavow what he said. That's an, it's anti-pharmatic. <laughs> Disagreeing with big pharma's anti-pharmatic. I've made up that term. So that's perfect, dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm dude, gonna put that in my bio. Pills, pills, pills are people too. Okay. Uh <laughs> somewhere in there there's an organism, especially synthetic mRNA. Hey, synthetic mRNA is just the same as normal on that mRNA. No, but uh jokes aside. I, I want to talk about like why you think DeSantis isn't good because I, I I feel like he is struggling to to gain people's <clears throat> support. But I want to ask real quick. I'm not a, a like huge like Iranian fanatic by any means. As far as like the government, like I like America, even though our government sucks. But whatever. Um, Soleimani wasn't he like fighting ISIS too? Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember all of the history, but um, essentially there was like the, the U S and the CIA and the state department flip sides so many times. First they create ISIS by destroying Iraq. And then, and then all of these, like, I think it was the Ba'athists. I, I forget which sect of, uh, you know, Islam it was, but they, they start to create ISIS. They, they move into Syria. The CIA once again, foments in arms and creates a civil war within Syria. Uh, they arm the rebels there. Uh, Soleimani then like from Iran goes and he tries to fight ISIS and, and ISIL. And then he ends up getting blown up, uh, by, by Trump. So it's all very complicated, but that's what happened. Did you see the meme? Oh my gosh. I gotta, I, I, I gotta share it. Uh, it was of Zelensky. Like when he was like, you know, he was like standing there looking all like sad when everyone was talking behind him, someone photoshopped behind him. Cause like there was this video, like everybody was talking at NATO and he's just like looking all like, like left out and someone photoshopped in the oh, clouds, dude, like Saddam Hussein, like how, how like the U S flipped on him and like all, all of the U S allies that they ended up like killing and stuff. It was in the clouds and it, he was looking crazy. And it was like, there's so many allies where they're like they're U.S.'s friends, and then like Yo, U.S. That's, uses that's real shit though. That's that's <laughs> that's that dude's future. Like people, people think I'm kidding when I say it, but uh, Gaddafi used to be our ally. Gaddafi, Sa- right. Sa- Saddam Hussein was our ally. This is what happens, and they try to do it to uh, Bashar al-Assad, the the president of Syria, who, which by the way, had these fluff pieces written about him, how he was the future of democracy in the Middle East. You had Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie over there visiting him and his wife. They were, he was this unshaved, you know, beautiful, his wife was gorgeous. They were like, he was supposed to be the future of the Middle East. And then, then he uh, allies himself with Russia and he becomes public enemy number one. He tries to, you know, sell his oil probably in some other currency other than the US dollar. And it's like game set match homeboy. We're going to do everything to topple you. And it's just like, this is what, this is what America does. This is why I'm not a conservative because there were so many years of them being neocons and, and just blindly supporting this militarism, which if you know anything about the backstory, you know how fraudulent it is. Bashar al-Assad, they say that he's the butcher that, that he tried to gas his own people it's all lies you can look it up it's provable lies he he did not gas his own people it's just flatly a fucking lie um but that's the justification and and they uh, god it's so frustrating (laughs) and it's crazy now that after being neocons for so long like trump came in and i thought it was like a based and red pilled and then we had more socialism in 2020 than we've had in modern history and Turning Point hosts like a sycophantic event for like 99% Trump people. Like, oh, why didn't DeSantis show up? It's like, bro, you you post you, you hosted a, it was like a Trump rally. But anyway, he long story. He would have got he would have got booed off the stage if DeSantis had been there. It was awful. 
all MAGA. And and the big thing that I saw is like DeSantis last year at the TPSA event, he was the headliner, him and Trump on different nights, right? This year they said, why didn't he come as a guest? You know what I'm saying? You, yeah. You're asking a headliner to just show up as a guest. It was like a setup just so they could act like he didn't show up. But anyway, with, with uh, all that stuff at TPSA, it's like, I'm not asking them to hate these people, but you, your tagline is socialism sucks. The CARES Act was the most socialist bill in modern history. Operation Warp Speed was was pharma socialism, and none of these Charlie Kirk big forehead people are are, are are calling out this socialism. They're just like, oh, like they don't even see it, dude. They're 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 frauds. The Republican Party is just as phony as they were with George Bush. It's just instead of doing wars, now they're socialists. If your entire organization, the tagline is socialism sucks, and you have a president who prints trillions of dollars in the name of big pharma covid lockdowns or whatever you know does operation war feed an 18 billion dollar program to big pharma and then does ubi covid checks i'm not saying you have to hate them but do you have something to say about that socialism right. and hey let's never do that again guys because we're socialism sucks tpsa i bet you they didn't even mention it one time and i bet you not a single speaker mentioned it it's like a giant propaganda brainwashing thing so a bunch of good patriots can come in and walk out like robots not even understanding what's going on i i hate to say it but uh, you know i was there for a few hours on sunday and not a single speaker brought it up. And if they bring it up, it's all about Fauci. You know, it's and 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 God bless. Like I you're right to hate Fauci, but you are very wrong to excuse who was the president at that time. And I, I don't I honestly it, it requires such a, a deep level of cognitive dissonance to to look at what transpired, to look at Trump bragging about this big, beautiful five trillion dollar, you know, spending bill. Like what the fuck are we talking about? Like, I, I'm just, I just don't even, I can't even, I can't even process it. Like I, Charlie Kirk's a smart dude. I saw him on IRL a couple months ago and he blew me away with how intelligent he is. There's no way he doesn't know that that was a terrible, disastrous decision and a disastrous year. I would love to hear them try and explain it. Cause I just don't, I don't even know how you could. I really don't. Here's, here's my interpretation of it. Listen, America will never be a socialist nation unless I do socialism and I print trillions of dollars and do COVID checks and just give everyone free money. I know Charlie over here. We love Charlie. He's got a big brain inside that big head, doesn't he? Big boy. You know, Charlie goes to college campuses to argue with 19-year-olds and he says, you can't just print money. You can't just give money out to people. Socialism sucks. But when we do it, oh, it's so beautiful. And Charlie's like, oh, yeah, the left. I mean, the left is, why are the kids the transgender swimmers? And <laughs> socialism sucks. Just not when we do it. It's awesome. Is that what it looked I, like there? I didn't I, go. I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't have much to add to that other than, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm befuddled, dude. I don't, I don't, I, for the life of me, like. The inflation we have experienced over the past three years has been a huge byproduct, not just of the printing, but also the lockdowns, which just destroyed the supply chains, which obviously decreases supply, which means prices rise to meet an equilibrium. That's just basic economics, not to mention the printing, which obviously is inflationary because uh, you don't even have production to try to match the the printing that was happening. So much of, of the the terrible, you know, shit we're dealing with is a product of the those that nine month period and it's not as if trump was some fiscal conservative prior so people can just drop that bullshit it's not like he was balancing the budget prior to that so uh look i i, I wish people well but i just hope that they're real with themselves like even if you decide to vote for trump again just be real about what happened please 
And I think the reason that they don't do it is like, well, people don't realize like these people are living like rock stars. I, I don't I don't know if you saw the article that like Kimberly Guilfoyle, how much she got paid to introduce Don Jr. at January 6th. Like, I I'm heard not, it was huge. It was like some obscene amount. I don't know if it's 50K, 100K or something crazy. Like I, I forget the number, but and I'm not listen, every, I want everyone to get their money, make their money in a, in a capitalist sure. world, whatever. But like the thing is, like people think, oh, they you know, I, I think they just don't know. They know they don't care. You know what I'm saying? Right. If you have to work your ass off an entire year busting your ass for $50,000 or $100,000. And these people can make $100,000 just saying Trump, 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 Trump for 40 minutes. You think they don't, that you wouldn't do it too? You know, I, <laughs> I would hope you have a bigger soul and like would stand up for yourself. But long story short, these people are flying around, they're on helicopters, they're getting speaking gigs, they're drinking and partying with people who love them. Listen, I live a good life too. I just went to UFC 290. I got to hang out with some legends and yep, athletes. And dope, I live a good life too, but it's like, I also feel like it's my duty to, to be honest. It's like, if I just sell out, then I'm just a sellout. If, I, if I'm just living the life, but I'm not actually being honest, then I'm a sellout. So that's how I feel about the Republican Party. They're all sellouts now. They all know the truth. They all know what socialism is. They all know Operation Warp Speed suck. They all know who Trump hired and why he did it. But they just don't want to say it because it ruins their rock star lifestyle. You 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 will not exist in that e economy. You know, nope. the Mike Lindell pillow, Carrie Lake economy, if you ever speak out against it. So are you going to tell the truth to the American people or are you going to make a fortune scamming them? So in my well, opinion, the MAGA movement now is the new establishment. They're the new sellouts. They're the new rhinos. And their entire strategy is accusing others of what they also do, but saying it's right. different when they do it. It would be like, I started nine wars, <clears throat> but he's going to start nine wars. But it was different when I did it. But when he does it, it's really messed up. It's like, dude, I agree with a lot of the stuff about DeSantis. I don't trust DeSantis. I think that he probably will sell out. I think on many cases he already has sold out. But the reason, and I want to kind of talk about this, the reason that I'd vote for him over Trump now is I see how Trump sold out. I see how DeSantis sold out. I see the things they do for foreign countries. I see it all. I think they're almost equal on those. Uh, and the things that DeSantis did is he hired Joseph Latipo, an outsider for Surgeon General. He did a grand jury against the vaccine. He's hosted conferences about the injuries. He's proven to be an effective leader. He did a way better job during COVID than Trump, and everyone knows it, despite the gaslighting attempts now. I think he helped keep the country open by literally showing New York and California that they couldn't do this forever. I think in many ways he helped save us. And although Christy Noem and Governor Kemp was earlier, Florida's I'm not going to say it's a bigger deal, but I would say it's a bigger state. There, there's more uh, travel and, oh, dude, it, and, and it's commerce. It's a way bigger deal. It's like 10x the population. Plus, he has right. like the most elderly population in the nation. It was balls to do what he did. It really and, was. And he worked with the UFC to get sporting events going. Like, yep. I, I, I see all the sellouts and flaws of him, but I think that people know it. With Trump, they ignore it. But also, right. I feel like DeSantis executed on every level. And I want you to push back, too, because I know you don't you don't think he's running a good campaign and uh, you, you probably don't want to vote for him, which is totally fine. I'm glad I, li I like to be challenged. <laughs> but it's like, you know, on the children's school stuff, I think he's really led the way in the state there. He doesn't wait to see what's going on. He just pushes forward with the central bank digital currency. He's the first governor to ban it. He's, he gets excited when he talks about it. He sounds like a little nerd, which is kind of funny. But like I, he, you could tell he's passionate about it. Um, yep. You know, I see like I feel like he's just super effective. He fired a Soros prosecutor. Um, people don't know that. You know, he's he's actually feels like to me when I hear how he talks about central bank digital currency, 
he sounds like he understands legislation. Like he's like, listen, I went out ahead and did this because if the president tries to do this with an executive order, he could try, but he's probably going to lose in courts. And it's like he's a chess, he's playing chess against the Democrats, where Trump is like, I hired Christopher Ray because Chris Christie told me to. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh my gosh, I trust the plan. So it's like, you know, I see the flaws in both of them. I just think DeSantis is more conservative. I think he's a better leader. I think he runs government better. I think he has proven res results despite his sellouts. And I also think that he would beat Biden in the polls. I know people around that hate Trump that would vote for him. I know 20 year olds that said they'd vote for him. I like, I think he would beat Biden by 10 points. Uh, and yeah. I think Trump would cut it close. So push back against anything I yeah, said, yeah. like why, what, what do you think that he's not doing right? Or, or like campaign wise, or why, why, why yeah. do you think he's the worst candidate? I mean, I, I think you did. I mean, you, you laid out a really good case for DeSantis. Um, and let me just also add that that Christopher Ray was the one that almost certainly was responsible for burying Hunter Biden's laptop, which enabled Biden to win against Trump. So right. Trump's bad hiring is what, what to get thrown out. Um, Isn't it crazy? I don't. I want to let you roll, but it's like he plays the victim on all that stuff, and I'm like, nothing about the lockdowns or hiring Christopher Ray like that didn't weigh in on on, on the election crazy, at all. There's no accountability. Yeah. So no, no, none. Um, I mean, here's the truth about DeSantis that that rubs me the wrong way. He he doesn't. First off, he did not pass constitutional carry until like basically he had announced for president. Uh, that that demonstrates to me a, a level of feels like cowardice or at least a lack of principle when it like to me, if you're if you if you're going to be my hero, the guy who saves this country, I need to see courage all the time. And like the Second Amendment is sacrosanct to libertarians. I think that that was terrible that he didn't pass it sooner. I'm glad that he did eventually. So I'll give him some credit, but not full credit. I think that all of the the anti-BDS, the anti-speech, the anti-Semitism, you know anti -Semitism, hate speech laws are horrifically bad. I really don't appreciate it. I, it, it demonstrates to me uh, an allegiance to a nation that is not America. And even though I'm not some like hardcore nationalist, I still think that that's reprehensible. Um, now, here's the truth. Here's the sad truth. Maybe it's impossible to win in the duopoly system if you don't sell out, in which case maybe he's the real deal and maybe he's selling out because he wants to get these true blue, great American ideals instated at the at the you know executive level. Maybe. But that's a risk that I don't know that I'm willing to take. Um, I mean, I get there's a handful of other like nitpicks that I could throw. I think that his campaign's been poorly ran. Uh, I think that his the ads he's put out have been like subpar to put it mildly. I just think that he's he's kind of shooting himself in the foot. But then I think that ultimately Trump and the media and Vivek and all these people are working in tandem to submarine him, which makes me look at him again and go, all right, maybe you are the guy. Maybe you are the truth. Because like when, anytime I see that, I start to start to reconsider my priors. So I haven't made up my mind. I just think that like, the speech stuff and the gun stuff, the, those are those are rough, rough to get past. Fair. Um, if you had to vote for Trump or DeSantis tomorrow, who, which one would you vote for and why? Oh, man, I don't know. I like it. Honestly, it would depend on if I had to. I mean, you're obviously you're saying I had to. You had to uh, because because Trump. This is going to sound crazy, but because of the way Donald Trump Jr. talks about it. It gives me some feeling of hope that Trump might have seen the light. It's a coin flip, man. I, I really don't know. 
I Pretend I'm term. not here. I'm not pressuring you. Like, who would <laughs> would you vote for? Would you vote for Trump if it, if you had to vote tomorrow? I mean, uh, just being straight with you, I would vote for the Libertarian if I had to vote tomorrow. But um, between Trump and DeSantis, God, I I don't know, man. I like I I would. All right, say I'm gonna. All right, give me ten seconds to think about it. <laughs> you, you talk for a second. Give me ten seconds to really think about this because I want to let it. I'm gonna let it go silent and awkward. <laughs> I want you to feel it. Oh, God, that sucks. All right. Um, Trump, and I'll tell you why. Trump's answer on the war in Ukraine and and how the fact that he was willing to bring up, you know, the Cuban Missile Crisis, the fact that uh, he's willing to bring up NATO expansion, like the fact that he says that he thinks he can end the war in a day. Um, those are all, to me, that's, the, that's my highest priority. And DeSantis has been unclear throughout as to his principles when it comes to anti-interventionism. Um, that's why I want to say real quick, like the, the Don Jr. thing, like Don's also, he just supports his father. He's a great, he's a great son, right? Yeah. Like his tweets, he said a lot of real stuff that Trump will never say. I don't know if that's a good, of course. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm just saying that gave me some hope. I'm not saying that I'm so, I got you. I want to say with the, with the foreign policy stuff, I think that's a fair answer. I think that's the one thing that Trump, um, seems like he's ahead on. Did you see the video of him the other day basically saying like he'd he'd make a deal and the way he would make a deal would be tell Putin that he's going to give, uh you know, he's going to give Zelensky yeah. more weapons than he's ever had before. Yeah, I did. But yeah, what do you think about it? It's it's important that you add the, the sentence that he says right before that is that he says he's going to he's going to withdraw all funding from the Ukrainian side. So that that as far as I'm concerned, that alone ends that war. Because Ukraine cannot defend itself if if we withdraw that funding. So he basically he's saying, I'm going to threaten both sides and I'm going to force them to the negotiating table. That's what should have happened. That's what could have happened. That's what did happen in February of this of last year, a year and a half ago um, when the war first began. So and they had a negotiated peace and the State Department intervened and got Boris Johnson to submarine it. So this war is all all U.S. backed and it's all U.S. fomented. And the only reason it persists to this day is because of the U.S. So if Trump is serious about that, which he seems to be sincere on this particular issue, that that enough that's enough for me, uh, because I, I genuinely fear that that's our that's the biggest risk to humanity at this time. And, and no one wants to talk about it. No one wants to look at it because it's too scary, but it's just, I'm just being honest about it. Like they have the greatest nuclear arsenal on earth. The Russians do not us. They have over, they have 6,000 advanced nuclear weapons. Uh, that's serious. And if, if Putin feels as if he's going to lose that war, or if he feels like his life is in jeopardy because the, all of NATO is supporting Ukraine, that's a, that's a risk I'm not willing to take, not to decide who rules over the Eastern portion of Ukraine. You always bring up nukes when you're on my show. Is, I know, are you man. Very no, I'm not. It's fine. I'm saying, yeah. are you super afraid of nukes? Uh, well, it sounds yeah. like, it. yeah, I'm. I'm afraid of nuclear war. I am. <laughs> I think. I think that that's like, of all the things that happen in our governments globally, all the government malfeasance. It's all terrible. They do terrible things. They commit crimes against humanity. They force substances into our body. They they you know kill people and they get away with it. It's terrible. But there's nothing that that comes even close, not even close to the horror that would be a nuclear apocalypse. Like it's the one thing that government malfeasance can end essentially life on Earth. So for me, and I know I know Owen Benjamin doesn't believe nuclear weapons are real, and maybe you don't either. But if they are real, that's, that's another. <laughs> right, I was gonna I was gonna get I was gonna get to that because like, do you know outside of the Barbie movie, there's one movie that's like the biggest movie of the year. Everyone's talking Oppenheimer. about it. Everyone. 
Oppenheimer, right? And that's yep. going to be about the nukes. Do you find that? I find it interesting that oh, the timing's interesting. The pushing the fear of the nukes, right? And that I'm not saying I don't believe they don't exist, but I I haven't looked into it enough to really have an opinion. I'm, but I'm I've noticed that going around where it's like, you know, I try to, I mean, everybody has fear, but I try to fear nothing but God. Because when you start to fear, if you fear war and you fear nukes, right? And they're pushing this nuke movie and that influences your decision off the fear. Understandable war is bad. War is real. I just yep. find it interesting because I uh, well, I'm not I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of nuclear war. I'm not afraid of nukes. Well, that God bless. Yeah, I, I, I wish I wish I weren't. And, and I hope I can be convinced. And I hope that it's true that nuclear weapons aren't real. But I will say this one one part of Owen Benjamin's argument, which I, I disagree with wholeheartedly, which, by the way, we had him on Tower Gang a couple of weeks ago. And it was amazing. The dude's fucking hysterical. Um, but he says that because there's no fallout in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, that's evidence uh, alone that there was no nuclear weapons dropped. Well, according to the uh, the research I've done, they actually detonated it. Uh, thousands of feet in the air so that's the reason that the radiation doesn't persist to this day in those locations so maybe he's right maybe he's wrong um but here's they the, said here's the, they said they detonated the nuke thousands of feet in the air yep that they blew so it up it hurt, so it so it hurt people but it had no fallout because it was in the air yeah because the the actual uh blast <laughs> now, now you don't believe it either this sounds suspect but i'm not yeah i mean <laughs> sounds like a kind of wild wild tale like we blew it up so high in there we went to the moon in 1969 we just can't go back because we have the same well, technology look, and you know we blew I don't it think up we in the air the and it hurt people but there's no fallout but it killed people but it's i, no I don't fallout. think we went i don't think we went to the moon but uh, if you see enough of those nuclear testing videos and you see them you know blowing them up underwater and the amount of output that it throws up in the air it's like and and then, you know, Owen just says, oh, that's just a shitload of, uh, you know, C4 dynamite or something. I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know. All right. But here, let me let me wrap with this. Even I'm if not it saying they're fake. I'm just I don't I don't fear nuclear war or fear like because if I'm afraid, like, oh, I'm afraid of that. I got to go vote for that guy. It's like that's not going to sway my vote. Being well, afraid here, of it. Let, but, let me let me explain that, because even if nuclear weapons are bullshit and let's hope they are. It's still enough for me. My highest priority is anti-war. That's that's what I, I care about more than anything, because I think there is nothing that's more horrific, that's more devastating to humanity. I think it's the most humanitarian position to take. Uh, it's probably the most hippie aspect of me, but I think it's it's the most I mean, it's the most Christ like perspective to have, to be honest with you, even though I'm not a Christian. And even if the nuclear threat isn't real, the potential for World War Three with conventional weaponry where millions of innocent people die where the economy is thrown into, into turmoil. That alone is enough for me to say that is worth giving Trump a shot at negotiating a peace there because World War III would be hell nuclear or not. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that Trump, I think he would be able to wrap that up more than anyone else. I think that I, I do believe that so personally. I. If, I, if I had to pick who I think would wrap that up uh, most effectively, I think it would be Trump. I have a question because uh, this is, you know, I like Marjorie Taylor Greene, but I saw her tweet that her and Dan Crenshaw are working on something to basically invade Mexico to to, to start a war with the cartels. And Trump is on board with that. Do you, do you <laughs> well, fear? So is Vivek. Fear, yeah, well, of course, he's just like a little, you know, a, a little organic character who just totally came out of nowhere from liberal democracy to the Ron Paul. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, if you fear war in Russia, do you fear that oh, yeah. Marjorie Crenshaw and Trump want to basically start a war in Mexico with the cartels yes. who, by the way, run the cities essentially. So if they were successful, I think that it would destabilize the entire uh, state of Mexico and probably create a Syria 
refugee crisis. Oh, bro, it would it would destabilize America. I mean, people don't understand this, but the cartels run the drug trade inside America too. So if if they feel as if their supply lines are being screwed up from the their inception point where they come out of in Mexico, they're gonna they're gonna create havoc here too. Um, so look. I have no interest in going to war with the cartels or the Mexican government for that matter. I think that that Vivek's perspective on that is wrong. I told him that on my show today. I think that the the war on drugs is a absolute loss and it's absurd to think that we're going to be able to to prevent the flow of something that ultimately people want for whatever reason. You have to deal with the the demand issue. You have to deal with the mental health crisis. You have to deal with the drug addiction crisis. The primary reason that people are taking fentanyl is because it's cheaper and because they all got hooked to, to heroin because that was cheaper than the pills that the pharma bros got them hooked on in the late 90s and the 2000s. This is all a product of big pharma once again. It's all a product of the war on drugs. The whole reason that people are cutting their drugs with fentanyl is because it's the cheapest thing out there. Um, so I don't support in, any of that in America. I mean, if cartels are like coming into the country, I think American law enforcement can handle them. Like I, that, I'm not against that personally, but like to, well, to invade their, to, to invade their country and basically wage war on them when they keep the, the, the city stable. So I'm just curious. Once again, I don't, I'm not asking you to agree with me. I'm just challenging your view. Are you afraid? Like, Trump says he will go to Mexico and fight the cartels in Mexico. Marjorie Taylor Greene says that and Dan Cranshaw says that. Does that are you afraid of that? I, I hadn't heard Trump say that. So that I mean, that obviously diminishes my hopefulness when it comes to his perspective on preventing World War Three. If you're going to if you're going to substitute World War Three with Russia with a war directly on our southern border with Mexico or the cartels, uh, that's not ideal. <laughs> but. I'm not, I'm honestly, I'm not afraid of dying. I want to make it very clear. Like when it comes to the, the nuclear Holocaust thing, it's just, it's just catastrophic for humanity. Like I, I, if the nukes drop, it's just game set match. It's over. So it doesn't really matter. Um, but I, I'm just anti-war. So for me, that that's very concerning that Trump is saying that I, I tried to dissuade, you know, Vivek on my show today uh, about that. And I doubt I made a dent, but, um, it's just it's just horrible. I just for the life of me, I don't know how they think it's going to play out. Like like what war has been a success in your lifetime? Anomaly. Which war? Yeah, I mean, I, not any I could think of. I'll say <laughs> this. though. I mean, I understand Mexico and it's not ideal, but it's one of those things that the the big cartels protect this. They keep the city somewhat safe. The smaller ones are a little more reckless. If Marge, like they're they're trying to essentially label them terrorists and they want to go there and fight them to yep. me that's going to be a bigger crisis than like I, i'm i think what's going on in russia and ukraine is horrible i'm not afraid of nukes i'm not afraid of like them attacking us in that sort of way uh i'm much more i, I think if they destabilize mexico the border would be a thousand oh, times worse. like oh we'd be flooded i mean we're already getting flooded with millions but it would i think be it'd be a full-blown war in america if they yeah. if they if they successfully upended the cartels in mexico who's going to run the cities you know who's well, going to keep like, <laughs> I, I think that's what people don't understand about mexico is that it's essentially a narco state right now like any semblance of stability that exists within mexico is usually a product of the cartels which have completely replaced and subjugated the government so if you try and topple them you're essentially cooing the, the government which is the cartel um, so you're going to have massive instability. It's a, it's an absurdity. Every single war that we've had to peacemake and and provide democracy and stability has created fallout and what's called blowback in CIA terms, not in libertarian terms. 
That's what blowback is. And it would be blowing back directly into our asses because it's right on our southern border. Uh, it's a terrible idea. And for the life of me, I don't know why Vivek or Trump or any of these people are pushing it. MTG doesn't really surprise me because she's had some terrible opinions on other things. But uh, very disappointed in Vivek because otherwise I think he's pretty smart. But that is a terrible perspective to hold. It sounds like he's just a chameleon where it's like, you know, it's to me, it sounds like he just becomes whatever they, they, time, they need Time will tell, man. And I, I want to ask a question about this because just a few more and then I'll let you go. Thanks for joining. Yeah. So, you know, how much do you think people's backlash actually matters? Like, let me give you an example and you don't have to agree with this, but like with Trump, I feel like he can pretty much do whatever. And Republicans at this point, like his base won't really push back. Like they have double standards for what DeSantis does or what he does. And with DeSantis, I feel like not everybody, but like especially MAGA, they're real critical on him, which is actually, I think, a really good thing. How much do you think that actually matters? Like, do you think that if 99% of MAGA held Trump accountable or held DeSantis accountable, do you think it would shift? Or do you think that our opinion doesn't actually matter? And even if we all agreed on something, that Trump or DeSantis will just do it and, and, our, and our backlash doesn't matter? Oh, no, I think it matters a lot, actually. I mean, if especially if 99% of the GOP was like, like, we're going to hold you accountable because because you screwed us over, because you told us one thing and you did another, that would be massive. I mean, that would be earth moving. Um, so I, I wish it were the case. But yeah, I, I think that that matters tremendously. Is unless, unless you believe that the elections aren't real, in which case I guess it doesn't matter at all. Um, but I'm still of the belief that that it does mean something. Yeah. And on that note, I guess, once again, please feel free to disagree if you do. I, I like it. Um, the One of the biggest, if not my biggest concern with Donald Trump is that there is a different set of standards for him. Like, I, I truly Clearly. believe that if anyone else did Operation War Speed exactly as is, David Harris, DC Drano, all these people would be harping on it every single day. But because it's Trump, they don't. Do you think that like if he wins, because I know you said you'd vote for him over DeSantis, although he's not your top pick because you're a libertarian. The fact that MAGA seems dialed into every move DeSantis makes, he passed this bill, he did this. Do you think they would do that with Trump if he got in? Do you think there's going to be any sort of backlash or do you think that he'll be able to pretty much do anything and no one will ever really even challenge him the same way they would with McConnell, McCarthy, et cetera? Yeah, no, I think you're exactly right. There'd be no there'd be no backlash. Um, the, the only reason I have any hope that Trump does the right thing is because his ego drives him to, to get the adoration of, of the people and not just his like diehard fans, but like the more moderate supporters. Like, I don't even know if you would classify me as that, but you know, someone who thought that he wasn't the worst president in our lifetime. And, and I, and I applauded him when he tried to end the war in Afghanistan. Like, I think that, that because he is so narcissistic and egotistical, there is something about that that is actually to our benefit to a certain extent in that he wants to have our love. And a lot of politicians like Lindsey Graham, for instance, don't give a fuck because we all hate him. and He doesn't care. He's just there to stack uh, military industrial complex checks and, and sail off into the sunset. Whereas Trump, I think, does function a little bit, a little bit more for the people. Um, so you're, to you're totally yeah, right. I just, yeah. If Lindsey Graham doesn't care, and we know Donald Trump has the power, he could do anything. He could put Drano on a stage, you on a stage. He could do whatever he wants. Yeah. If, if, if Lindsey Graham doesn't care and Trump does care, why do you think Trump keeps putting Lindsey Graham on a stage and saying that he will campa campaign for Lindsey Graham? Why do you I think, think he does that? I think 
that Lindsey Graham prevented Donald Trump from being impeached. I think he he owes him for that. Mm. That's my that's my honest opinion. He, he he and he views him even though I don't think he likes Lindsey Graham. I think that he knows he's a warmongering lunatic. Um, I think that that he sees value in him for that. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I want to I want to leave on a last. It's a theory that I'm not saying it's true because I can't prove it. But I just I find this timeline interesting and I want to get your reaction because I I just can't not see it this way. Um, but obviously it's not proven. I'm not going to pretend like it is. So it's like you have George Bush, right? He's the perfect guy there to like like 9-11 happened under him. And now he's a patriot. He's a conservative. And we go and start the the war in Iraq, right? But then it turns into everything else. And then the Patriot Act passed. And if, if you don't want to spy on Muslims, you're not a patriot. But then it ended up spying on Americans. So, right, it's like eight years of that. People caught on at the end. They, they Dixie chicks are crying. Okay. And then this guy comes out named Barack Obama, who's this outsider, newbie, who's like half black, half white. He's cool, right? And he's liberal. And he's really well-spoken he's a little fake but he's very smooth right so then he gets in for eight years and then he just destroys the healthcare system for a lot of like working americans who never hated him but they just like saw their you know paychecks raised and they're, they're getting like you could keep your doctor and he couldn't and i feel like that's one of the main things i mean also all the wars that obama was in that nobody cared but it's like now liberals don't care because it's obama that they started eight wars nobody's paying attention True. and he screwed up the healthcare. so now people want something new right and then you get this Republican and there's this Tea Party movement, et cetera. You get this Republican that's Donald Trump. He's a billionaire, right? Who's not going to take their money. Um, and then he gets in office. He ends up taking money, et cetera. He's going to drain the swamp, but he didn't drain the swamp because whatever. And then he's there for 15 days to slow the spread, right? If Hillary Clinton was there, Republicans are not locking down. If Mitt Romney's there, uh, people are going to be a little suspicious, but I'm not even going to lie. Even myself, who really liked Donald Trump at the time, I'm not going to say I completely fell for it because I saw through a lot of it, but it did make me feel better than Hillary would. I'm not going to lie. Like, oh, it's Donald Trump. 15 yeah. days, maybe it's China. Maybe it's a bioweapon. You know, you don't know. And right. then as the data started coming in, I got keen to it fast. But it's like Trump was the perfect guy to be there to get Republicans to lock down for a month or two months uh, and feel comfortable with it. And then he does all this vaccine stuff, right? He provides pretty much no resistance to what they're doing. And then as soon as the vaccine's done, everybody says, well, he didn't mandate it, which is true, but it doesn't matter because first of all, corporations probably would have anyway, and it would have been a real battle under Trump, but he wouldn't have federally done it, which is dope, but it doesn't matter because he's, he's not in office. So it's like he, it's basically like if it was a basketball game, Trump lobs it up with Operation Warp Speed and then Biden gets in and then he dunks it in our face, right? And Biden starts a war with ukraine as, as i'm not going to say he started it but he didn't prevent it and if you look at obama and biden they provide weakness for russia to do moves you know from crimea to that so then biden's doing this war he's funding it and it's gonna run its course eventually and you know who say trump gets back into office it's like well what's next china iran the cartels you know to me i'm not saying they plan it all but it's like as soon as what they need is done then the other guy gets back in. And I think that DeSantis or Trump would start a war with Iran if the powers that be wanted him to. You know, I think, I don't know DeSantis' stance on Mexico, but I can't say I'm like fully believe that he wouldn't do what they want him to do. You know, I don't really <laughs> exactly. know. But it's like, what do you think about that? Where I'm not, I'm not saying it's planned, but like, it's like the shocking, it's like event 201 to the lockdown. I'm not saying they planned it. It's just like shocking that they ran a simulation and then a lot of what, like, 
it's it's a little odd. So I, I, well, I just find the bro, timing of it pretty, pretty interesting. I, I mean, I, I agree with your assessment in that it's all highly suspect. <laughs> you know, I, I would be crazy not to not to think like, yeah, maybe. I, and it the the only thing that gives me pause in in buying the controlled op narrative is that they really, really went after Donald Trump. I mean, they really did. They 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 planted evidence, bro. Like they they spied on him before he was the president. The FBI did. They did it based off of lies. They lied to the FISA court to do it. They then impeached him twice based off of shit that the dude who was going to take his place was already doing for real doing. Right. Um, none of that adds up. None of that. None of that fits into this puzzle piece of him being controlled up. But he did all of those other things that makes him look like controlled up. So who knows? One of the things that I think the Russia collusion thing did, because I, I I hear you, um, it controls the narrative, right? So now for three years, Democrats are saying Trump is Russian, Clint's Russian, Anomaly's Russian, Bernie bros are everyone's Russian. Yeah. And the right says, and the Ben Shapiro's of the world say, no, we're not. And that becomes the narrative, right? Just like for this next year, the narrative is we arrested Trump. And that elevates Trump and basically almost guarantees him the Republican nominee. True. And then the Trump campaign now, instead of saying, well, let's look at what he didn't do in the lot. It's like, well, no, we can't talk about that because he's the victim. I'm not saying it's what it is, but it's like with WWE, they call the bad guy the heel. Right. And yeah. then there's like the hero in the heel. I'm not saying that's what it is, but I know by doing that to Trump, they completely control the conversation and it becomes a hero villain story on, on each side. And it prevents people from actually talking about anything or doing anything. And then when it comes time, I remember when they were passing the speech laws, people told me my influencer friends would be like, don't talk about this now. And I'm like, why? It's the First Amendment. And they'd say, well, talk about it after 2020 because Trump needs to win the election. Don't don't hurt his chances. And this was before the lockdown. And it's like, that was not what we expected. But, uh, you know, I'm not I hear you. I think that's the number one answer that people give is that. um you know, if they go after him so hard, then he must be real, right? It, he must be not who they want, or else they wouldn't go after him hard. Well, see, here, let me add one more, one more bit of evidence in my defense, or in my case of the defense of Donald Trump being a, a controlled op. Um, it also, I, it's my opinion that they were seeking this war with Russia when Hillary was supposed to be president in 2016-17. So, I believe that Donald Trump's presidency delayed their plans by four years. The whole reason that they they tried to hem him up on the Russian collusion is because they wanted to foment hatred, particularly amongst the anti-war left, you know, scare quotes, uh, right. against Russia. They wanted to have enough hatred towards Russia that they could justify this proxy war against Russia. So right. that that to me says that Trump is not playing their game, because if that's the case, why do they need to delay? Why they would just do it. Trump would just find a reason. Uh, but he didn't. And and also he was lied to by his generals about troop counts in Syria. He was I mean, there's just so there's so many different times where like provable deception from his own his own people around him um, that it just doesn't add up. But I'm not saying it's impossible. <laughs> I'm definitely not saying it's impossible, but that's a level of like conspiracizing that uh, I don't know that I can wrap my head around. But maybe I'm just not thinking 40 chess. I don't know. No, I mean, to be fair, I, I hear what you're saying. I think it's it's valid. Um, When I talk about even influencers, like I never say things I can't prove in the sense of like, I'm not going to say, oh, they're getting paid. I think a lot of them are controlled by their ego. 
I think a lot of them are controlled by their social circles. Yep. I think a lot of them are controlled by their business ties. There's no direct payments to these people like here, here's $20,000 to support Trump or $20,000 to support DeSantis. I don't think that's happening very often. I think it's just that they sell Trump t-shirts and yeah. they hang out with them at Mar-a-Lago. Well, and, so, and access, access for interviews, like all that stuff. It's the same shit that happens to the, the broader media. Right. So I think with Trump, it's like, I'm not necessarily saying that, you know, there, someone's giving him a paycheck per se, but it's like, you can be controlled by your ego or your sense of flattery. You know what I'm saying? If you like to be flattered too much and you are, are have lack humility, you know, right. that can control you in that sense. But you look at even say like George Bush, you would say George Bush senior was establishment probably, right? I would guess the senior. Oh yeah. He was the head of the CIA, of course. He hired, he he put Clarence Thomas in, you yeah. know, great hire, <laughs> great appointment, better than anyone Trump put in, right? Um, Mitt Romney, well, no, yeah, I, I, uh, what's his name? God, I'm blanking on his name, but he, Trump put in one Supreme Court justice, which is the truth. I'm blanking Gorsuch? on his name. Gorsuch, Gorsuch yeah, Gor Gorsuch yeah, is yeah. dope. Three three conservatives, even if two of them are kind of liberally, they're better than than Democrats, right? So That's even like if, if you look at Obama versus Romney, even though o uh, Romney is so deep state, if you go back and look at some of the articles about him, I don't think they're going as hard at him as Trump per se, because Trump's just like so loud, so boisterous, fights back. So, you know, it like elevates, like punch, 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 punch. They fucking, excuse my language, they cried about him for four years. You know, with Romney, they, they smeared him as well, even though he's in on it. But it does seem like, Although, you know, if, if a Republican wins, even George Bush is going to give you a better judge than a Clinton probably is. And that judge is going to last 30 years. So I do yeah. think that the media has they have um, a desire to put in a, a left wing person, no matter who it is. I think uh, so a, a lot of people say that, you know, um, sorry, I know it's late there. I apologize. But yeah. A lot of people say that, you know, the media never goes after DeSantis. And it's like, dude, you can find thousands of articles of them saying he killed people in Florida, et cetera. But uh, oh, yeah. now I hear what you're after. saying. I'm not saying that he's like a necessarily a handpicked person. I just find it insane. Like if a, if Hillary was in office, I agree with you that they might have started that Russian war earlier. Maybe maybe the lockdown would have never happened. I don't, you know, I'm not really sure, but I just feel like no one could have possibly gotten conservatives to feel comfortable with that for two months. Dude, I agree with you. It's, I agree it's with you. Just interesting. I'm not saying that's planned. I'm just, I just find it yeah. interesting. No, uh, I mean that's just facts. <laughs> like there is not a chance in hell that the conservatives are like, sure, shut down our churches. Right. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Hillary Clinton told you to shut down your church, pastor in Georgia. Are you going to do it? No, we're not going right. to do it. Are you out of your mind? We're going to have a freaking, you know, I won't say the words, but uh, they would go crazy and rightfully so. And that's what should have happened under Trump, but it didn't because Trump was their president. So I agree with your assessment on that front. There's no doubt about that. And and that's probably, I mean, that's the best argument for why, like, and I even made this argument on my show. I was like, I, it might be better for America that the disastrous Joe Biden is the president as opposed to Trump right now, simply because people will really genuinely oppose some of the disastrous things that Biden's doing. But here's the truth, man. Biden won, and we've now shelled out, thanks to the GOP, which also votes along with him, hundreds of billions of dollars to Ukraine in a, in a proxy war that could lead towards World War III and potentially a nuclear holocaust. So, like, there are consequences. He also put on, on the Supreme Court justice the most moronic, underqualified, 
just affirmative action garbage hire I have ever seen in my life. This woman who can't even describe what a woman is. She's laughably bad. She's a lunatic. And we're going to have to deal with her for God knows how long, probably 40 years. That's right. That's terrible. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's, a, it's always a coin flip, man. I think Republicans, you know, I vote Republican f- on both sides, like uh, locally and uh, nationally. But uh, nationally now, it would be mostly for Supreme Court justices. Like that's really to the extent of what I think they do and and a few little things. But this is where I'm at. And I'll ask you and then please let me know if you need to go because I'm, I'm going to roll out in a couple of minutes anyway. But sure. if it were RFK versus Trump, right, this is really made me think because I don't know who I'd vote for. For Trump, the Supreme Court justices, right? And his more conservative policies. He's more conservative than RFK for sure. RFK is a liberal. But I also yep. really think that the big pharma swamp is the worst swamp in our country. And I think they've taken over food, medicine, children, like everything. So yep. it's a, it's a, it's even in, a, in my head, I'm like, what is more important? Four years of like bad liberal decisions. But at the same time, I do think that RFK would make a full bloated effort to like clean it up a little bit. Or Trump, who'd put in judges and 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 people and like Mike Lindell, you know, or what? It's like, no, that's it, it, what, that's I don't a, know who I would vote for. Yeah, I, I'll I'll be straight with you. I I think I would probably go for RFK, which I, is probably going to be stunning because that means that I'd go RFK over DeSantis because I already said I'd go Trump over DeSantis. But that's because my priority is preventing World War Three. I think RFK is the real deal about that. The way he's described the expansion of NATO, he seems to understand it for real, for real. Whereas, smart, right? Yeah, yeah. Whereas Trump doesn't really understand why we're in this this proxy war. Um, he just thinks that like if he had been president, everything would have been fine. That's his. That's the extent of his belief system. Whereas RFK really understands it. RFK also seems to genuinely believe that the FBI and the CIA were responsible for both the, uh, his uncle and his death and his uh, and his dad's death. Uh, you know their assassinations. Uh, he also wrote an entire encyclopedia on Anthony Fauci's corruption. And I think if there's any presidential candidate that might actually prosecute this dude or put in some someone in the DOJ that might investigate him, it's RFK. Uh, those are all really important things to me. So uh, even though he's not good on guns, he's terrible on spending, he's terrible on a bunch of things. I think he's probably the best option. Um, but then there's a real compelling argument that he's controlled op too. I mean, the fact that he's a Kennedy and the fact that he's been running around saying all this nonsense, he kind of seems to be this outsider. The media has given him the same sort of, you know, blacklist treatment that Trump's that Trump received uh, that may propel him into the spotlight. If it's, if it's, if you believe that, that they could have psyoped us and, and, you know, control opt Trump, well then you have to be concerned about that with RFK too. So I like him. I like what he says, but I know I'll, I'll, we'll wrap it up with this. Dr. Shiva is coming on tomorrow and Dr. Shiva okay. like hates RFK. So I'm I sure he'll, to hear that. <laughs> I'm sure he'll provide that argument because I, uh, I, I'm not going to lie. I haven't fully even heard what he said. So I am excited to hear it. So oh, they, he's going to burn this place down. Yeah, it should be a good time. Where can people find you? Thanks for joining. This was a great live stream. Super fun. Super interesting. Yeah, thanks for thanks for hanging out. Where dude, can people find your stuff? Am I reading that right? 2,600 live comments? That's bonkers. Is uh, it? Yeah, that's what it says, dude. Crazy. Uh, at, at Liberty Lockpot on Twitter. I'm about to hit 100K. Please get me over the hump, folks. And uh, Liberty Lockdown, you can find it on all the YouTube, Spotify, uh, Rumble, all over the place. Just search Liberty Lockdown. And last but not least, I'm also co-host of a comedy show called Tower Gang. If you guys want to check that out, it's uh, you know it's banned everywhere, but you can probably find it on Rumble or something. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Appreciate you for being here. Thanks for coming, Clint. God bless you guys. It's been Dreamer Podcast. I had a blast. Tomorrow, Dr. Shiva. Next week, Jim Brewer possibly Vivek. Uh, 
you know, at some point, but it's been the Dream Rare Podcast over and out. Thanks for joining everybody. Hey, what's going on, my friends? Just a few ways to stay in touch and support if you'd like to. The first way is dreamrare.com. We have blue beanies, black beanies, pink hats, other colored hats, freedom versus tyranny shirts, stay blessed long sleeve, God is great long sleeve, and lots of more cool items coming soon. Dreamrare.com. Check out the shop to support. Everything's made in the United States. Handpicked by me. Patreon.com slash rare talk for $5 a month. You can help support me, support the show. If you haven't noticed, unlike other channels, I don't work with very many sponsors, sometimes none at all. And part of the way I'm able to do that is with the dreamrare.com shop and patreon.com slash rare talk. So thank you guys for keeping this show free, unimpeded, uninterrupted. I'm forever grateful. My free email list is stayintouchwithme.com. So check the links below in the description or just type in on any browser, stayintouchwithme.com, all one word. You'll find my email list, put it in there, and it's the least annoying email list you'll ever be on. I barely use it because I don't like getting emailed every day or every week week it's annoying so i don't do it stay in touch with me.com it helps me take back some power away from big tech telegram t.me slash dream rare chat or at dream rare chat due to censorship i post all my live stream and videos there sometimes i have some bonus content and i try to give people a heads up when facebook or youtube won't dream rare chat at telegram my instagram is at dream rare thanks for everybody following there for shorter content and dream that's dream has all my stuff my podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, my music on Spotify and Apple, my Rumble page, my BitChute and Gab page. All my links are found at dreamrarelinks.com. Thanks for watching, folks. God bless you. You already know I'll be back with more content soon. Appreciate you.